Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. It's 8 p.m. on a Wednesday night. And the doctor is back in the building. Mary J, kick it all off, baby. Why would I spend the rest of my days unhappy? Why would I spend the rest of this year alone? When I can go therapy, when I can go therapy, when I can go therapy two times a day. Why would I spend the rest of this week so bitter? And all that listening is making you bitter too. When I can go therapy, when I can go therapy, when I can go therapy two times a day. Why would I spend the rest of my days unhappy? Why would I spend the rest of this year alone? When I can go therapy, when I can go therapy, when I can go therapy two times a day. this week 
which only has left him more exposed to the angry mob at the courthouse steps and turned more fan anger in his direction. Would staff moves be scapegoating? Or is any head coach or CEO only as good as the people working with him and under him? And what about the fans? Has the absolutely insane reaction been over the top? Is this hysteria warranted? What are Miami's bowl prospects this year? Does this football team even care? Yes, there's so much to digest and talk about. It is time, once again, for some therapy. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and we once again welcome you to The People's Show, the fastest three hours in Hurricane Sports, Canesport Live. As always, this is your show, and it's going to be driven by your participation. We have more than 50 open phone lines, plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. Once again, we request, if you don't want to be on the show, please don't tie up a phone line. Um, let's, let's save the phone lines for the people that want to come on the show and talk. A second request tonight, obviously, we have a lot of people that want to get on and talk. Let's try to keep the, the, um, the comments as concise as we can, as tight as we can, to give the maximum number of people the chance to be on tonight's show. The call-in number is 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. As always, we ask the fans on the message boards at canesport.com to provide some of the topics and questions to be addressed on tonight's show. Here's some of what they came up with. Would a loss in the bowl game force the administration and board of trustees to rethink their position on Al Golden? Is it even possible right now to upgrade the staff? Would assistant coaches come to Miami with Al Golden likely going on the hot seat in 2015? Why does Miami have such a difficult time recruiting defensive tackles? Is it the scheme? Is it the coordinator? The coaches? I'll tell you right now, no. It's it's recruiting. And they're, making, they're not um, reaching high enough and, and doing a good enough job with the elite defensive players around the country. And, and that's why I think you see a deficiency at that defensive tackle position. The SEC schools are dominating recruiting at that spot. Does Miami have the foundation to be better next year? Why were Miami's special teams so bad in 2014? Why is Al Golden making the mistakes he's making? Is he blindly positive? And how good is that Canes basketball team, which remained undefeated with a huge victory last night at the Buck against Illinois in the ACC Big Ten Challenge? And is the athletic department treating basketball differently now with Coach L leading such a high level of success? So, so much to talk about. Let's get the show started. Again, the call-in number is 646-595-2048, We've got a caller that got in early tonight. He's from the 757. You're our first caller tonight on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing this evening? Yeah, ain't no, ain't no need to be worried about how everybody's doing. But how you doing? Yeah, you said a lot of things last week, and I'm gonna try to make it quick. Uh, you, didn't let me, hey, you didn't let me tell you how I'm doing. Oh, I know you're doing fine. You doing fine? I'm doing great, man. I got, I got, I got a cup of frozen yogurt on one side. I got some chocolate chip cookies on the other. I'm, I'm hey. hunkered down, man. I'm ready. That, Let's that, go. That, that, that's three hours. Right. So we're gonna make three hours of this. You gonna have your hands full, bro. Let's, let go, man. You mean, here's, how, here's what we're going to do. My man Charles told me, don't call tonight. Let it go. Just wait the next season. Well, what I said, and I'm going to tell you what I feel, keep the staff. Go ahead. I ain't worrying about all this fire and gold. Go ahead. Keep the staff. 
Do what you got to do because he's going to burn his own bridge if he don't let somebody go down. If he don't do something with the coordinators or whatever he do, they're going to burn, baby. And I know for a fact, and I believe you know, we used to say ACC, and I think you made it clear, forget that. You got to win the ACC championship next year. There's no ifs, no buts, no ands. Especially if you don't change nobody. But like you said, changing staff is not fair if a new administration comes in and they get fired. So a lot of people might don't want to come to Miami. And the last two games, terrible. And fan base, you said, you know, a lot of students was out. I agree. But I looked at Florida State, stadium packed. Virginia Tech, stadium packed. Everybody's stadium packed except for Miami. They said 61,106 seats was tickets were sold. Because this show was a lot of orange out there, bro. And it won't players and it won't shirts. They were empty seats all over the board. So, like I said, it, it, it's, it's demoralizing. And remember what you said last week? Who cares if we get a bowl game if we lose against Pitt? And that's how I feel. Do the players feel the same way? That's the problem. What you think, sir? Wow. All right. Let me try to backtrack here and, and, and remember some of what you just said. Wow, that was that was pretty impressive. Um, all right, let's start with the, the conversation of staff. Obviously something that's on everybody's mind. And um, mm-hmm. You'll remember last week I said that if, if they're going to make changes, they have to be prepared – to, if they're going to bring in to, a top-level person, they got to be prepared to make a two-year commitment. I totally agree with you. Nobody's coming here if they think it's for one year. Okay, nobody. And, um, you know, so that's something. First of all, Al Golden would have to make the decision to make staff changes, which has not happened to this point. But if he does, and they're going to work collectively as an athletic department to upgrade the talent level of coaching that's in the program right now, um, something may have to give somewhere, and the University of Miami um, may have to, you know, do something which they've been reluctant to do in the past, and that's get in a little bit more into contracts, assistant coaches that have the resume and, and are deserving of it. But um, I think we could save that topic for if it becomes an issue. Um, what else did do you want me to uh, to comment on? Oh well, no, it's like um, like you said, next year. No. If we don't win the ACC, forget the Coastal, forget it all. We need to win it all. Now, like you said, with talent, you know what, Jerry, I'm old school. Back in the day, there was no stars. They were just ballers. There's a lot of blue chip players probably on our team. I look around this country, you look around, you see football. I know you say, man, man, man ain't getting top tier talent. But look at TCU, they up on three. And, you know, it goes back and forth recruiting, and we lose players and this and that. I just think Golden lost the team. Just like Randy, people say he lost. I think Golden has lost the team. Now, I don't know about these fights in the locker room. That's hearsay because I'm not there. You're not there. But I just really think he has lost the team. And what can he do to try to get this team back for this bowl game? Anything? Well, I mean, At the all? first thing I would do is when I get them back together next week, the first thing I would do is I'd sit them down in the room and I'd say, look, guys, you know, I don't know. You know, we're not going to rehash why, what. We, we can't change history. But here's what I want to know. I want to know who's invested in this bowl game. And if you're not invested in collectively working with your teammates in this room to win our bowl game against whoever it ends up being, and and, and, and we're going to allow ourselves to go out there and be embarrassed again the way we did the last seven days of the season when we lost to Virginia and Pittsburgh, then please, no hard feelings, leave the room right now, okay? They don't need anybody left in that room that's not invested in the ball game. Um, so that's that's the first thing I would do. Um, I agree. You know, the the second thing um, I, I think he needs to do is probably let let it go. I don't I don't think that 
it's so easy of a thing to put what? your finger on. I mean, Florida kids, to me, have never um, – I don't know what would make a noise in the background, but if you shut it off, shut it off. Florida kids, to okay. me, going back through the years, don't get up for meaningless football games. Okay, I don't know if it's you know if it's the culture. A lot of the kids that come to Miami are used to playing for championships in high school. Uh, they're used to games having meaning. Um, those two games at the end of the year had very little meaning. All it all it meant is they might have gone to the bowl game in New York instead of the bowl game in St. Petersburg or Shreveport. And I'm not so sure these kids could care less about that. I and, and look at it that way. And the bottom line is their season was pretty much over um, in those seven days from hell, we'll call it. And, uh, you know, I think that contributed to it. But, you know, mm-hmm. it's a coach's job. It's part of your job to, to not allow that to happen. So That's Al true. Golden and the staff are certainly not blameless in that situation, no matter what the reason was. Um, and that's something that they're going to have to, you know, look at and deal with as they move forward in future years if they stay intact um, to not let it happen again. Um, a lot of people mm-hmm. will say what you said, though, that when that happens, the players are quitting on the coaches and there's some there's a bigger problem there. But uh, I don't okay. think we sure. And I'm not sure they should spend a lot of time worrying about it at this point. Um, that's they true. should move on from there and just make sure that whoever's left in the room is invested in this next football game. That's good. That's true. Now, I'm getting ready to let you go. And one more thing. Any signs of trouble next year? That's why I said keep the staff. Any signs of trouble? Any two or three game losses? I mean, let them ride it out. But this is on Golden Back. So he's so stubborn. I don't know why he's stubborn. You know, sometimes you got to let your homeboy go. It's a business, like you said, but that's his friend. From what I read a couple of days ago, I mean, he's like, this is a business and a friendship. I don't believe it. I don't agree with it. Man, you got to cut ties when you got to cut ties. You got people you close to. If they ain't doing a job, hey, man, I love you like a brother. You still going to be my brother, but you got the role. I got to keep my job. I'm sorry. But that's it, Gary. Are you going to be on next Tuesday or next Wednesday, or you're not going to be on at all? Um, you know what? Um, let me let, let me take a quick look before I let you go. I, have, I, I couldn't even tell you. I haven't checked the schedule yet for next week. Um, we'll probably be Tuesday night next week. You know, we'll probably Tuesday go back. Night? Yeah, we'll probably go back to the normal Tuesday night next week, talk about the ball game. Okay. I thank you. Right. Leave me on hold, and I hope you don't get beat up because I just started. Let's go. Hey, I, I don't play. <laughs> I don't coach. <laughs> I'm, just a, I'm, just a, I'm just a facilitator of everybody's opinion. Yes, sir. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being yes, part sir. of the show. Yep. Yes. All right. 646-595-2048. Let's go out now to the 513. We're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hey, Gary. What's going on, man? This is Tim. I'm calling from Cincinnati. I was on hey, the phone last week with you, and I got okay. disconnected, man, and um, I was beating myself up for a week because of that. But um, just wanted to talk to you about basically as far as what you had touched on at the beginning of the segment, uh, as far as with Golden and his staff. And I just feel, Gary, that, first of all, I think his fans, and we know this, I think during the 80s and 90s and early 2000s when we were winning, we took that winning for granted. And we never really kind of took the time to kind of just upgrade everything and kind of see how the atmosphere of college football was changing around us. And as a result, now we're kind of catching up with teams like, for example, Florida State has an indoor practice facility. They upgraded everything as time went on. Now, as you can see, I mean, athletes, whether people like it or not, they actually love the fact that these colleges have facilities. It's what draws them to the school. Yeah, playing for Alabama, for example, 
is a is a you know that's the cherry on top, but they get oohed and awed by what the program can offer besides the football aspect of it. If you can kind of see what I'm saying, and with Miami, it's like we're just trying to catch up to that, and I just feel like we've been playing behind the eight ball for the past what twelve years now. Do you yeah, know what but... I mean? I mean, like we got the we got the Heck Center, and it's a very it's a beautiful facility, very beautiful. But it's like we just got that. You see what I'm trying to say? Like, we should kind of mean, be competing with the center, likes of. But, but, but let Boy, me just, sorry, you know, you're talking about, talking about the Schwartz Center. But um, you're talking to the wrong person about this. I'm going to tell you why. I don't buy into any of that BS. I really don't. I mean, I, I think it, it, with some kids, it's a little bit of an issue. Um, mm-hmm. But the kids that really want to play football, that are really winners, they, you know, they mm-hmm. don't care about, you know, fountains in the lobby and, and and stuff like that they 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 just want to play ball and mm-hmm. to me and it this doesn't just apply to Miami um why did Alabama suddenly become the best team in the country when Nick Saban got there they always had great facilities they had great facilities when Mike Shula was the coach when Gene Stallings was the coach when all those people were coached Alabama always had the best facilities in the country why did they become an elite team in college football because Nick Saban took over and he elevated the level of coaching that was in the program. You mentioned Florida That's State true. and and Jimbo Fisher and you know yeah they got the indoor practice facility and it's beautiful but that's not why they're winning right now. They're winning right now because Jimbo Fisher came in and he made Florida State University double their financial commitment to strength and conditioning, to mental training for the players, to the um, the training table that the players eat at. He it improved the infrastructure of that program to the point where three years later they were the best you know program in college football right there next to Alabama competing and, for the national and, title and, 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 I, year. and I agree with you Gary I agree with you and that's what I was getting into as far as with Miami when you when Golden first got here with his staff I think the only what recruiters that say were pretty good was what Michael Barrow and he was decent but he didn't really have any top-notch level recruiters on his staff. No, and now he's got one. At all. He's got one, and and, and, and that's the problem. You look around at all these elite Correct. programs now, they have staff. Hell, half the, what, the offensive coordinator doesn't even really go out to some of these recruiting visits because they have staff in place that go out and they pretty much, you know, evaluate the talent, which we haven't done over the years, which has come back to bite us. And it's just, it's just show, like, with this whole staff, I kind of felt like Ice Harris, I, I have much respect for him, but I kind of felt like that was a reach because I felt like Golden was probably frustrated because he wasn't pulling in the recruits that he wanted. So it's like these hires that he's making now with Harris and who's the other guy, Kevin Beard, and all these other guys, it's like, okay, but you're still, why is Paul Williams on the staff right now? Why is Jeff Rowe Franklin on the staff? He hasn't recruited an elite DT since he's been here at all. When you made the segment on Tim Urban, I said, oh, that was a beautiful segment. Your story is real him. But I'm like, why is Paul Williams going to go see Tim Urban? Why is he not fired? He cannot recruit. Why? Well, and it's almost like know, Golden but, saying, well, I'm just saying, and, it's and, almost and, like Golden and saying, saying. But everything you're saying has nothing to do with buildings. It has nothing to do with indoor practice facilities. It has to do with the performance of the coaching staff. And to me – that's the issue. I don't care whether it's Miami, Alabama, Florida State, Florida. Why did Florida do so well with Urban Meyer and his staff 
and 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 so poorly since. I mean, there's a reason for that, and it has nothing to do with facilities. Their facilities are exactly the same. Um, it's performances of the coaching staff, and when Miami, which has an incredible number of, it's actually got, it's got an incredible advantage over most schools around the country because of the talent pool in South Florida. When Miami gets its coaching staff right, Miami plays for national titles, period. And Miami will play for national titles again the next time it gets everything right within the program. And I think that part of the reason why so many people are disappointed in Al Golden right now is he's not seeing what everyone else in the world is seeing. And if he is, he's choosing to ignore it. And he's not making moves each year to make his program better. And he's wasting years. And he doesn't have the years anymore to waste. And, um, you know, that's why I think it's so disappointing right now that he's not coming out and attacking these problems from day one. And just one more thing, Gary, and um, I'll let you go. But don't you kind of feel like at this point, because most, like Auburn, fired their defensive coordinator pretty much 48 hours after their season was over. You see all these schools making these moves, and then I'm looking at Golden like, we haven't made any move whatsoever. It's almost like, I don't know if you're daring the administration to come at you. You just It's like, Algon, are you that stubborn? Do you not realize that you have issues on this staff? And that's what I was alluding to with Paul Williams. Like, why is he going to go see Tim Irvin? I, I just don't get it. I, I, it's like we all see the deficiencies on this staff, and you're just saying, I'm just going to go down with the ship. If you're only giving yeah, me I one don't... more year. You see what I'm saying? I just don't understand Every other program made changes within the week, and we're still sitting here status quo. Yeah, I don't disagree, I just, and, and, and there's not one guy in that staff that's not likable. They're all nice guys, um, all good people, but who could disagree with what you're saying? I mean, it, I just it, don't it, get it. They, yeah, they just so clearly need to change the chemistry, bring in some new ideas, get get a few more elite recruiters on the staff, and let them go out and take advantage of what Miami football has to offer. Right now, that's not happening. Yeah, Anything I, else? I don't know. No, no, you're good. Um, just one more thing, Gary. On his interview that he had on the radio show, um, on Joe Rose's show, it's almost like he just sounded like – it's almost like he – did you kind of get the vibe that he was just kind of standoffish? Like he wasn't really – he really didn't want to be answering questions with Joe Rose because he – and the questions he were asking weren't hard questions. They were pretty much kind of standard questions, and I'm just sitting there saying to myself, like, Al, why are you being so stubborn? Why? Like, I mean, do you honestly believe, like, he brought up the stats with D'Onofrio, like it's a manhunt. I'm like, dude, no, it's not. His philosophy just doesn't work. Why can't you not see that? You know what I mean? mean? Like, you say. There's different levels of coaches, and, you know, if if you look at the resume of, of the guys coaching on the defensive side of the football for Miami, uh, they're not very glowing. I mean, Jethro Franklin has the most accomplished resume. He's been in the NFL. He's been at several colleges. But a lot of his jobs have been one one year and out, which, uh, you know, doesn't always speak, you know, very kindly ab- about an individual. But um, the rest of the guys, I mean, Paul Williams doesn't have any kind of resume. Mark D'Onofrio doesn't have any kind of resume. Um, Hurley Brown, who I do feel – is a, is a coach because of his recruiting and the fact that he's a Miami alumnus um, has a place on this staff, 
but it should be a defensive back. If any place, not not coaching right. linebackers, that he didn't he right. didn't play linebacker. He's never coached linebacker. Why is he in that slot? And um, right, you know, this is not an accident that this program has the problems it has right now. These are self-inflicted wounds that are taking place. And right, and he said it's a management like it's a like you he said it was an agenda like like everyone has it out for Donofrio. I'm like, dude, it doesn't work. It's not working. Like, why can't you not see that? So you're willing to basically sacrifice your job to keep this guy on with you? Well, on one hand, you have to commend him because, you know, he. he I I hope my friends that I the people that I call my best friends, my BFFs that that I talk to on a daily basis and stuff would have my back to that degree if we went into business together. And I think you have to look at it like that, you know. These guys, are, they come from the Northeast. They went to, they played at Penn State, um, have had other jobs at Virginia, things like that. They're not. This isn't like, oh, geez, we bleed orange and green, rah, 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 hail to the spirit of Miami U here, guys. I mean, this is a business, okay? And the, and the Miami football program is a vehicle to succeed in business and make a lot of money. And, you know, Al Golden's making two-plus million. Mark D'Onofrio's making about $500,000. Um you know the, the, that that type of money puts your family on the map. It, it, it gives your family security in life. They they have wives, they have kids. The wives are best friends. Um, they hang out together, things like that. So there's a lot of elements here, and I think all of us, or at least most of us. I mean, some of us, you know, may might not care. But if I have somebody that I'm considering my best friend or somebody that I'm going to go in business with, they would have my back the way Al Golden has Mark D'Onofrio's back. So, but Gary, uh, and, I'm going to let you I'm, no, I'm gonna let you, you have to this. commend him. To that regard, you have to commend him. No, no, no. Him, okay? I'll, I'll commend but, him. I'll commend well, him. But what I'm saying is, Butch Davis had to make a decision when he fired his defensive coordinator, yeah, who was very close same, to him. It was not the just, same relationship. Not even close. I mean, Bill Miller was a friend, but not even close to the same relationship. And you notice that since he left here, when Butch Davis went went to places like North Carolina and stuff, he didn't even hire Bill Miller. Um, so they were friends, but it wasn't to the same degree as these guys are friends. Um, so all I'm saying is you have to commend that. But at the same time, you have a responsibility when you become a head football coach. You have a responsibility to a university that's paying you a lot of money. You have a responsibility to a fan base that's investing a lot of money in supporting you. Um, you have a responsibility to the heritage and the culture that has been – the program that you're with, in this case, the U, the brand, the University of Miami, the alumni, you have a lot of responsibilities. And, you know, personally, the mistake to me was even getting started in this situation. And I know you get a job and you're rah, 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 we're going to go down to Miami together, we're going to kick butt, and everything seems great at the moment. Um, But there are times to do business with best friends, and there are times to not do business with best best friends. And big-time college football, to me, it's not the right time to do business with best friends. That's fair. All right, Gary, just keep me on hold, man. Good show. You got it, man. Hey, thank you for being part of it. All right, now. All right, 646-592048 is the number. Let's go out to the 310. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, how are you doing today? Doing good. Who's this? Uh, this is Michael out in Los Angeles. What's going on? What's up, Mike? What you got for us? Hey, so... Give me a second here. Hopefully I'm not a a ranting lunatic. I've calmed down after a few days. First, I'm an alum. I'm a donor. I have season tickets. I get the cloud. 
But honestly, if I hear one more conversation about how the cloud is the issue, how it affected recruiting, fine. I'll give you that FSU has out-recruited Miami the last four years. But the fact that that is being used as a crutch by Donna, that it's his first year, that Al seems to see a cloud that Jim Laranega doesn't seem to see from the same windows, is mind-boggling. That does not explain the situation. I'm not at all saying that we have the talent that we would have had without the NCAA. I'm not in denial. But to act like that is a factor when the entire schedule outside of FSU by third-party sites theoretically had more talent on them, whether it was developed or not, over the last four years for every single class, basically, against the other 11 teams, is just actually insulting. And as much as I have a problem with Al Golden, I think the issue that people keep sort of overlooking is it's that not the people who are completely hating on Golden in the last three years or the people who believe in him religiously. It's the people who believe that the administration actually wanted to win over the last several years now no longer believe it that they've lost that. And I think they're completely underestimating the anger that is out there about us kind of figuring out that they don't really care. Their actions are speaking louder than their words. We have Al Golden insulting everybody on radio, saying that we all have an agenda against Denofrio when we're just looking at the facts. Can I stop you for a minute? I I just want to comment on two of the things you said. The first about Florida State out-recruiting Miami the last few years. Florida State out-recruited Miami because they've had a better coaching staff. Okay, Correct. point I made, not because of any cloud or any sanctions. So you're 100% Correct. spot on right there. Um, on the topic of the administration not caring, honestly, that could not be furthest from the truth. I spoke to some people who were sitting with Donna Shalala at that game the other night. She spent the whole second half of that game asking questions. Why does this look like this? Why does that look bad? Why does the defensive line um, not get pressure on the quarterback? You know, she she was sitting there within the in the skybox with people that, that, that understand football maybe a little bit better than she does. And she was asking very pointed questions, trying to understand why things were. So were, so were the trustees and a lot of the administrators. So, you know, they care very much. But I, I think, and, and I started to write a column about this, and I'm kind of halfway through it, and i got to figure out what I want to say. But um, I think there's, at the upper levels of the university, there's a little bit of guilt in place. And, and I think that there's an acknowledgement that when they hired Al Golden, they didn't tell him about the NCAA, um, the, the possibility of an NCAA situation developing with Nevin Shapiro. And they, you know, maybe they weren't taking it as seriously at that time as they should have. Um, but they were at least aware that there was this guy out there that was alleging a lot of NCAA violations. And it was certainly something that probably could have been mentioned at least in the conversations before Al Golden was hired. And I think there's a little absolutely guilt, fair. Yeah. yeah that's, there's that's, a little guilt there. And I think that's why Sean Eichhorst was, be, was able to ramrod this nine year contract down their throats. Um, when they did really find out that it was going to be for real. Um, but Gary, and, and, and I think they feel an obligation to Al to, to, to do the best that they can to honor that agreement. Now, if it reaches the no point of no return, which I think would happen if next year doesn't go well, um, that would be different. But I think they feel to cut it off at four years um, would not be doing right, particularly when uh, you, you know consider what? what they did. Gary, I, I think I would normally agree with you on that. I think that them not being divulging it is fine. I, I, I'm not sure if I believe that much because his agent seems to know everything about everything, and a lot of that stuff was in the press before he took it. I think that's a good crutch, but I don't know that for a fact. But here's the thing. I don't, they don't owe Al Golden anything. 
and in the sense that they're going to owe him a buyout. They're going to owe him his contract. I, I get, and normally I would say, listen, yes, he deserves another year because of that cloud, except for there's so much other stuff that shows to me that he is not the right coach, absent all of that problems, that another year is not going to change that. And whether it's his defensiveness about the agenda about D'Onofrio, his refusal to make changes, but a bigger thing to me is forget about Al Golden. He's a cane by salary. They owe the rest of the University of Miami community, alums, students, faculty, whoever, fans across the nation, for over 10 years of this crap, right? And there should be more loyalty to everybody else than to a guy who's loyal because of a check, a guy who clearly, no matter what anybody says, was out the door last January given an opportunity and got taken care of for the mistake that they made of maybe not being full disclosure by an insanely great extension. I don't really know why, again, there's supposed to be this loyalty one direction to a coach but, like, players always get screwed if the coach leaves and the administration is supposed to be loyal to somebody who, given the first opportunity, would bail. I think it's ridiculous. I don't believe that we have a confident administration. I, for one, am one of those people who is going to stop donating because it's the only thing I feel like I have to voice my complaints. Even though I've had things addressed by, you know, administration, athletic directors have come in the past, I don't believe them anymore. Or they're just completely incompetent. And I think they should be completely embarrassed, just to sum it up as a great example, the fact that FAU is going to have an indoor practice facility before the University of Miami is a total indictment on the entire administration. And the other thing I will last to say, yes, I know Don is leaving, but I think it's completely pathetic that somebody is going to, like, basically abdicate the last six months of their job for their predecessor. That doesn't happen in other roles. It's ridiculous. We know it's going to happen in a year. We can almost bet on it. Al's shown that he doesn't have an ability. I like the guy. I really want to, to succeed. But, honestly, it's enough. Points. I, I certainly can't argue any of them. You know, you, you made some great points. Anything else tonight? No, I, want to, I know that a lot of other people want to get on there. Other than to say, CD right, would you shut up once on the boards? Thanks. All right. Hey, thank you for being part of the show. All right. 646-595-2048. It's amazing how some people just take on a life of their own. Let's go on to the 484, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, what's going on, Gary? Doing good, doing good. Your name's not C.D. Wright, is it? Nah, nah, this was Philly. All right, Philly, what you got, man? Hey, man, you know, like, that's caller, um... I really don't. I really can't put a lot of blame on Golden um, because number one, he should have never been hired, and you know I do put a lot of fault with the administration and like I've been saying on the boards with Donna because it's like she's she's over like since she since she came in, you've seen like the downfall of the football program. So I mean it's just been bad hire after bad hire and even another bad hire, and the thing about it is like like you just said you told the callers. She was in the press. She was in the box, asking football people, "Why is this? Why is this?" So you right there see, she's not a football person. That's why countless times she always went to Barry Alvarez. Yeah, but that doesn't mean she doesn't care. It doesn't mean she doesn't about, care. Though. Come on, but that's Let's a, be fair. That's, that's the thing. That's the thing. It's like okay, she can care, but the thing about it is, is that you need to put people who actually have football sense in the in those in those in those, those um capacities to make those decisions. Because your hires, the way you've been hiring, like when she hired Randy Shannon, he brought a big binder in 
to, to there. They're impressed by him having this binder with all this coach's name and stuff like that, but he didn't have the resume or the experience. Same thing with Golden. He had a 300-page, you know, whatever, whatever, and they're impressed by that. When we could, when we could have had Kevin Sumlin or Dan Mullen, you know, you go with Golden, who had, who basically you didn't look at his record or his performances with his team. You know, so that's what I'm thinking. Like, she could have went ahead and said, you can, you can care about it. You know, you can have, you can call somebody out a plan, but it's about implementation. You know, like, for example, like Miami is a, is a type of, um, like, talent base where you need a coach who knows how to not only recruit, but develop the talent. You know, like, like Coker once said once, one thing smart. He said, in Miami or in South Florida, you can get a kid that's, like, 6'5", 225, running a 4'4", in like three, four years or three years, that kid would be six five, two sixty, and still run a four five. You know, and that's one thing. You need somebody that can come in and develop that talent. That's why, like a Dan Mullen, you know, or even like a Gary Patterson, which we'll never, we'll never get him, but like Gary Patterson is somebody you need. And so that's why people like Butch Davis and you know Jim Johnson were successful because they can identify talent and they can develop it and coach it up. You know, that that's been one of like Al's fault is that he doesn't know. I don't know if it's a fault of him putting together his staff. His initial staff, he got Jed Fish. Jed Fish has no ties. And look at his resume. He goes and gets George McDonald because of his ties with Jed Fish at Minnesota. George McDonald has, 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 has no resume, has no ties in South Florida. He tried to keep um, um, the, the receiver that got fired from Florida. He tried to keep Stoutland, but they ended up leaving. But then when they left, he really had no follow-up, you know, he brought Brennan. He brought Brennan Carroll from California from USC, you know. But Brennan has no ties down here. He doesn't know. He's not recruiting landscape, you know, down here. So you know, and, and, and then what you're getting is, and even even Mike Farrell said, Mike Farrell said, Miami's recruiting too much, um, too much nationally and not enough locally. You know, you you got Michael Jackson. That's a great find. He's a four star prospect. But you got cast. You got kids like the guy Arnett for um, Saint Thomas Iguanas. Who has no off, no 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 um no offer, you know? They didn't like they, they didn't think he he has enough speed. They looked at it, Damon Arnett. They they felt okay, like he doesn't thing. have enough. They felt like he doesn't have enough speed. South South Carolina obviously thinks he does and is taking him. Um, but that's what coaches are supposed to do. They are supposed to evaluate. But, but, but thing, I don't remember but that's, all that's, coaches. But that's, that, but that's that. But that's the bad part, Gary. That evaluation. Okay, you're sitting here evaluating a Devontae Bond and a Lockley. But then you're letting a kid like Sky um, Ski Moore go up to South Carolina, South Carolina, who's well, um, pool, and he he's all conference. You know, you let Rashad Robinson come to your camp, ball out. You don't offer him. You let LSU come in, offer him. He goes to LSU. Okay, you have Amari Cooper come to your camp, ball out. Okay, you don't. You basically have him confused about his offer or not. Then Alabama comes in once again. His mom tells him to wait. Then all of a sudden, we we miss out on Mark Cooper because there was a a, a conflict on his true. offer. Amari Cooper he committed on the day he was there, but then his mom talked him out of it. He for tried whatever. to keep. Yeah, I'm no, trying, he, okay. he did. I mean, well, well, you okay? He committed, well, you, but you had the reservation that I have. Yeah, his he did commit, but his mom talked him out of it for whatever reason. Is like, like, and he never like you had. Like Mike, like you said, Golden Golden's faults are Golden's faults have pretty much been his own. You know, he blamed the cloud. He tried to use the, he blamed the cloud, use the cloud's excuse, but then say, how are you gonna recruit? How are you gonna say to pay the cloud? You know, it's a lot of um, 
venom and badness, but then try to get kids to come into your program. While Jim Larnega, the, the basketball coach, what did he say about the crowd? He said, nothing like, oh, it's bad. We can't, we can't do anything. No, he had yeah. basketball has the best it's ever been. I yeah, basketball had no problem making every scholarship count. They're they're playing a man short. Exactly. That, that's my that's my thing, Gary. It's like I mean, he it's, it's, it's a bad evaluation. It's the not getting on kids when you should get on them, and it's just not. I mean, and it's the staff. Well, and that goes I mean, back to the problem with his staff. staff. It goes back to the but coaching the, staff. The, the head coach he, he, isn't the one out in the field. It's the assistant coaches that are out in the field. And if they're doing a poor job of evaluating, if they're picking the wrong kids, then that means they're not good enough. But he put together that staff. Well, I yeah, this, I agree. And, and that's, that's why like, everybody's like in agreement Urban, that he needs to shake it up a little bit. But the thing is, Urban Meyer went to went, came from Bowling Green to Utah and then came to Florida. When Urban Meyer came to Florida, he put together quality staff. He went and got Doc Holliday from West Virginia. Okay, he he got Chuck Heater. He kept Charlie Strong. You know, he brought in coaches that understood the last people of Florida and how to recruit, and then South Florida, and he went hard at it. Golden didn't do that. You can't succeed in any business without good people working for you. I don't care what it is. That's, you know, Kane Sport, Kane Sport would not be the elite site for Miami Hurricane fans if I didn't have quality people like Matt Shodell that I can count on every single day of the week. Um, you know, if we didn't have a veteran guy on our team like Jim Martz, um, who, who brings, you know, so much to all the perspective he, he brings, it, you know, on and on and on. You know, it doesn't matter what business it is. If you don't have great people working with you and for you, it's almost impossible exactly. to be successful. Exactly. I mean, look, look, at, look at Bob. When Bob Stoops had, his, had Mike Stoops before he left to Arizona, and he had, his, he had um, Kevin Sumlin, and the um the the Wilson Kevin Wilson who was coaching Indiana when he had them on staff and Jackie Schiff look what he was doing now that they're gone look what's happening at, at Oklahoma they're not as successful as they were in the early two thousand but you said you but the thing about it is like he should never have got hired you know and 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 my thing is my my thing and I think a lot of fan base is still in Gary is that it's a really tough pill to swallow that we've seen this for four years we've seen that this was a bad hire. Okay, this man does not make adjustments. That there's a disconnect between him and the software community in terms of recruiting. They they don't they don't recruit the right kids. When they get the kids, they will develop them. You you went and got Larry Hope and Gabriel Gabriel Terry. Their camp is a joke. You know where Kirby Hokut? You know where Kirby Hokut screwed up? When he made the decision to hire Al Golden, he never asked the question. Who's going to make up your staff? And he never put that under the microscope that a good athletic director knows to do. If, if someone's a good athletic director, one of the biggest things they look at when they're hiring a coach is what kind of the staff, staff. can he put together? It's not just exactly. the head coach. The head coach does the press conferences. He's the front man. It's the assistant coaches that run the football team day day after day after day that do that execute um, – the making of a game plan that teach it to the kids. The head coach isn't in the classroom teaching the linebackers what they're going to do on game day. That's the linebacker coach that has to do that. And, um, you know, the head coach isn't the, the one that's sitting there breaking down the, 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 the film like a maniac and figuring out tendencies and putting a game plan together. That's the coordinator that's doing that. And, and you know, if, and if you a, don't have great people working for you in this business, it's going to be really tough to succeed. 
And that, that's and that's a that's a that's a tough pill. You know, like I I I think me and you have been like big big advocates for crystal ball. And I think one thing people don't do is they'll do their research and figure out like you gotta look at not only the head coach, like everybody's pumping Chud Chazinski, but he has really no resume. But if you look at Mario at FIU, look at who he hired, look who's on his staff. You know, guys yes. who on his staff are having success at, at other institutions. His defensive coordinator, Jeff Towns, defensive coordinator in Mississippi State. He had yeah, a, he, when job. he left, when he left, he, he hired defensive coordinator Collins, who's now defensive coordinator at Utah State. His two offensive coordinators are both um, coaching high power. Marshall was um, number two behind Bella this year. You know, I was uh, good friend. Yeah, Todd Todd Orlando, Orlando, out of Utah State. On the Royals list this year. Yeah. He was a so, I mean, you know, you know, I look at the staff. I mean, so I'm saying, if Crystal Ball came here, he gives you everything Golden gives, but he gives you he gives he, he understands South Florida. He'll get in this, get us into Texas, and he'll put together a quality staff. We will be really talented, and I think we will develop a lot he's, of good players here. He's probably going to need one more uh, good head coaching job before they make him a candidate for the head job here. But I don't think there's any question that there's not going to be too many cycles that go by here um, before Mario Cristobal is positioned to be a very strong candidate to be the head coach at Miami. And you notice he left here, and right now he is considered the best recruiter in the Southeast Conference. He, he is going to be the He's going to be the leading candidate for recruiter of the year. He goes to New Jersey, gets defensive back Minka Fitzpatrick, a five-star. Um, comes down to, to South Florida and gets Calvin Ridley, who many think is the top receiver in the country, and Sean Burgess Becker, a four-star defensive back. Um, goes to different pockets of the country and gets the best offensive lineman on the board. Um, recruits a defensive tackle right there in Alabama. And, and when they, a kid that they feel they have to get – so who do they put on him? Not their defensive line coach. They put Mario Cristobal on him to recruit that kid because he is a must-get for that program. Um, so anybody that knocks Mario Cristobal, I don't get it at all. The University of Miami made a huge mistake when they let him walk out the building and go to Alabama. But, you know, like, I, I didn't saw him leaving, Gary, because I would rather him go learn under the best and get that training and then come, then come back to Miami even more seasoned. And, and make connections and know how to put together an even more high power staff. Yeah, well, that's understand what's things like and understand things like like sports conditioning, like 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 um, nutrition, all those things that that Steve has implemented at Alabama. Bring that into Miami. Well, I think you that know, that's what's I, happening right now. He's getting that education up there. Um, he's getting a first hand look at what the most successful guy in the business does to to be that successful and um i can assure you knowing mario cristobal he's taking really good notes and there's one more thing i'll let, I'll let you go i'll let you online but this, but this is what you said him getting calvin ridley and burgers becker is another indictment against al golden and staff you've been here since 2011 you had three years to go to all these high schools and see them you let alabama, you let mario leave you after six weeks go to alabama and offer them kids first Get on them kids early and physically before you, elite kids. I mean, it makes no sense. But just keep me on hold. I'll let you go. I love the show, and, you know, just keep doing it. You got it, man. Hey, uh, great call. Uh, give, give us a call again maybe next week. Thanks. All right, 646-595-2048. Let's go now to the 678. You are now live on Team Sport Live. How you doing this week? Good evening, Gary. This is Uki08. Hey, what's up, Uki? How you doing, man? I'm doing all right, man. Um, 
I gotta I gotta agree with the uh, call you had right before the other ones. Um, he he, you know, the problem with this program right now, I feel like it's playing. It's playing the you know where the where the where we're the poor private school and we can't fight back. It's always we got to be cautious with how we handle things. It's always got to be uh, mindful of this and mindful of that. Al Golden is not coaching for free. I don't think the university owes him anything for the paycheck they've been giving him. He got the raise, maybe. They didn't do the, their deal diligence with the NCAA case before acquiring his uh, his services. But if you want to talk about a cloud and you want to talk about the cloud being the problem and why he hasn't recruited well, well, the real cloud was here when Randy Shannon was here because the cloud was running around the damn campus, standing on the stand, damn um, sideline, shaking hands with the president while he was trying to keep his players and his coaches away from him. But I'm not – look, nobody knew exactly – Wait, what are you talking about? I'm talking about Nevin Shapiro when he was when he was running around the campus and Randy was trying to keep him away from his players and his staff. Okay, I'm with you. He was, That was the real cloud, okay? That was the real cloud when the, he was actually here. Now, people act like – when Golden came here, he came here with an impressive resume. Like all these five-star kids were going to run away from Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher and say, oh, we about to go play for Al Golden. Really? A guy who couldn't even beat a mid-major team with a winning record? We're going to go play for him? Come on, man. That cloud had very little to do with what's going on right now. In fact, if it wasn't no cloud, I, I believe it would be the same results as it is right now. Miami did not do their due diligence when they fired Randy, which he should have been fired, but they did not do their background. They did not do a due diligence or coaches. They thought they were going to get uh, John Gruden, and it failed, and it made them look stupid. So I just I felt, I feel like they just scrambled to find a coach. That's why they didn't ask about staff. They didn't ask the necessary questions that they need to be answered because they just wanted to get somebody in there to fill the mess up that they did. But at the end of the day, you get you reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. People want to feel so sorry for Al Golden and everything like this, but at the end of the day, he 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 he, he he's not a big name coach. He wasn't gonna be pulling a whole bunch of five stars with a no name with a no name staff. Well, you know, he he impresses he impresses with the presentation. Um, had a great presentation for the committee when they were hiring, um, and that that kind of mesmerized them a little bit. Then you get into um, the, the way he packages himself, the way he his appearance. He's, he's an extremely um, strong uh, presence for a university. Uh, and you know, I hear all of that, Gary. But that does not. But but it doesn't mean anything once the ball's kicked off. And I agree with you. Oh, yes. and, 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 and and you're absolutely right in the sense that. His resume was totally devoid of anything significant on the football side, and and it's carried over to his time here at Miami. And the only way he overcomes it is if he has an elite coaching staff, and that's why I say that that's his, the biggest problem at this program. Not facilities, not any cloud, like you say. It's 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 a fundamental issue of needing a good enough coaching staff, top to bottom. Obviously, not to bottom. Um, 
there are some good coaches on staff right now that should be kept. But top to bottom, he's not good enough, and he needs to make adjustments. What he's waiting for, I have absolutely no idea. Um, if it doesn't happen, I agree that we're here now having the same conversation. Except by but now, I, next year, it, it'll be over. I mean, he can he can have the greatest conversation. He can have the greatest presentation. But let's just face it. Most of these kids don't care about how well you talk, how, how good you dress, or how, how however. We're talking about kids who want to win. Actions speak louder than words. And when you got a coaches that are coming to you with actual hardware, an actual resume of putting kids into first-round draft picks and developing talent versus my, my whole thing is now, going forward, what can Al Golden sell to future recruits that he's done in four years that's actually going to impress somebody? We, we, we took a step backwards this year. Yeah, I mean, he, he, no question about it. He's not selling himself, that's for sure. He's selling the yeah. University of Miami. He's selling the University of Miami football program and the history of the University of Miami football program and which what it is, means. Which is steep by now. Which is steep by now. 11 years since the last time Miami has played in a meaningful bowl game. Now, who cares about that? Who cares about Most of those players are fading away into retirement now. We're talking about the last four years of what do you, can you present to me since you took over the program that shows me, that gives me hope that Miami is moving in the right direction. You were hired because the last guy didn't get the job done. And it seems like that it's the same result. Nothing's changed. Nothing, yeah. nothing's, nothing's, well, you're nothing's not wrong. Changed at, nothing's you're, you're changed at all. Right. So, my, so my, my, my whole thing is this. If you're if you're talking, if the, the program is serious about winning, and, and you keep talking about how serious they are, Gary, and I just don't believe that crap. They are. Donna, they, asked, they, Donna, Donna asking questions to a bunch of uh, BOTs about what's going on in the game doesn't necessarily, that's, that does not mean she's serious about the football program, okay? She's just asking questions. That don't have nothing to do about, oh, that doesn't mean that she's serious. When you're serious is when you're putting your money where your mouth is. That's when you're serious. If she was serious, Al Golden would not be our head coach right now. If she was serious about this football, it would not be. He would not be coaching this program right now. So please stop with that. I don't know, we've man. I don't. You know, we, we've, I, we've I, been hearing. I would say if she wasn't leaving in six months, I would agree with you. If she but, wasn't leaving, Al Golden would still be here. She, let me just let me just put this. Let me just put it like this. You don't know that they lucked up. They they, they lucked up. They lucked up with Jim Lowenegger because he's old. He's getting near retirement. He's he's done his thing. He's made his money. Now he comes to Miami. He's he's getting close to he's getting close to retirement. He's he's, he's in beautiful South Florida. They lucked up with that hire. But let's just well, he came after it. them. Say it again. He recruited yeah, them. Because, yeah, because yeah, because when you who if you if you're getting near retirement, where else would you want to retire to? Miami. Yeah. He wanted his shot in the ACC, and he's doing. He's, yeah, he's making the, it count. The expectations, the expectations, not that high because the program has never the football program, basketball program has never done anything. So yeah, they lucked up with that hire. But uh, he, what he, I'm saying he's is making it count. He's the coach. Yeah, he's, oh yeah, he's, he's definitely making it count. He might get it twice if he keeps going the way he's going right now. But you see, the, you know the difference between him and Golden. He actually proved something where from where he came from. He took that program to 
uh, an elite four or the final four, I believe, a couple of times. He proved something. He, he proved that he can he he can take a program to the next level. Al Golden never beat anybody with a in that MAC program with a winning record. And I know right. everybody wants to talk about everybody wants to talk about oh it's Temple 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 never did anything because Temple was in the Big East. Temple no, went I, listen, to where they listen. I Temple I like went, Al Golden, but he has no football resume whatsoever. Right exactly. Now. He is and, a great and, and, PR. And the opportunity that he's had at Miami to develop one, he hasn't been able to do that's, it. And, 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 that's, and that's, that's the thing. He's a great PR coach. Miami did him a favor. They gave him an opportunity to come coach at a great major program with great tradition. He can't cut it. He got paid a healthy salary. His family got to live in beautiful South Florida for the last four years. If he doesn't anybody, have to worry about money for the rest of his life. That's what I'm saying. So no, the university owes him nothing. Their gratitude for taking the opportunity to come here and coach the coach this program. But after that, just, just give him his little buyout and let him go on go on about his business. And if 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 it's truly if it was truly just about the cloud, and people really believe in Al Golden as a coach. At the end of this year, it will be so many teams that are on top of Al Golden. But no, that, that's, that's not going to happen. Nobody's going to take him from this program. Of course, of course, his agent is going to try to put his name with certain programs just just for the hell of it. But let's put it: let's put, nobody wants Al Golden or anybody on this staff. Maybe maybe Cole, maybe Cooley for for his recruiting. But other than that. Nobody is going. Nobody's going to be coming to pluck anybody from the staff. Tim Harris so get a job somewhere else. Tim, oh yeah, maybe Tim, maybe Tim, maybe Tim Harris, but Tim Harris, Larry Scott could get a job somewhere else. Um, he's another yeah, but, one. I, you know, but I don't know. If I was a betting man, we're going to be here. We're going to have the same class, same staff. Thanks. That's what I, that's that's what it seems like. You're not going know. out. There's a lot of very out there. Blake James is under a lot of pressure right now to go sit down and, and have that conversation. I don't I don't know. We'll see. Um, I'm not and, uh, one more thing, and one but, more thing before we hang up, uh, Gary. I don't understand with the woes and the issues on de- on defense, especially a defensive line, you're out recruiting Tim Irvin. Granted, okay, he kid may be talented, but that's not – you should be out there trying to hammer away at some top D tackle, some top D uh, – Linebacker, not some damn six foot five eleven or whatever he is safety or wide receiver or whatever he is because that's not where we need to help at. We need to help at is in the trenches and at the linebacker position, and that's the issue right there. They're not covering the issues; they keep ignoring them like it's not a problem. You say your boy is not the problem as a defensive coordinator, then why not try to help him get some better players on the defensive line to? to mask up or whatever difficulties or every issues that he may have because Tim Irvin is not going to get you there. And that's, 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 that's what's driving me crazy. People keep talking about 2016, 2016, 2016, 2016. 2015 will come back and haunt you, period, before 2016 comes back and haunt you. We All right, man. Hey, um, fair enough. Let me let some other people get on here. Uh, th- thank you so much for the call. All right. Um, so let me hold. Yeah. All right, give us a shout again next week. All right, 646-595-2048. Um, our next call is also in the 678. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Uh, hey, what's up, Gary? 
Doing good. Who's this? This is Steve in Atlanta. Hey, what's up, Steve? How you doing, hey, man? You haven't, you haven't given us a call in a few weeks. I call. I be in my truck, and when I be driving down the road, I be going through different areas, and the call will drop, and I call back, and I get put in the queue, then you'll pick up, and you'll be asking, are you there? But I won't be there, so y'all don't hang up the calls when they drop. I got you. Yeah, but uh, anyway, let's... I got a question for you. Do you think if that Hugh Cup, whatever his name, who hired Al Golden, was still at Miami, would he fired? Would Al Golden be fired like um, he fired that coach at Nebraska for winning nine games every season? You talking about Sean Eichhorst? Um, yes. That's a that's a really good question. I I can't answer it. I have no idea. But yeah. but he did fire him at Nebraska. But but I think at Nebraska it was a little bit of a different situation because they they were starting to not like Bo Pelini before Sean Eichhorst even got there. I got you. I got you. Well, we should we should be starting to dislike Al because like some of the callers you know been saying this guy he had he's not he haven't been committed to Miami. Well, he probably was committed, but once he decided to go interview for Penn State. All, you know, feelings of we owe him something should have been out the door. Do you agree? Yeah. Once he I, interviewed I, I, for that job, you know, he wasn't committed to us. He was trying to get out of there. So why yeah, do I think the we people feel that are saying that, that he's not really owed anything by Miami are not totally wrong. I mean, uh, either way, he's he's getting paid. So um, yeah. either way, he doesn't have to worry about money for the rest of his life. So I don't really see that as, as a, that big of a factor. I, I, you know, I think you can't let this program go totally down the tubes here over it, you know, and I don't yeah. know that one more year is, is going to do that, but if, if, if he Uh-oh. can't make changes of any type to advance the program, then I'm not sure that they're doing the right thing. Yeah, because it don't matter what kind of – you know, you keep hollering he's a good CEO. I don't see not one indication of that. Right now I'm wavering, Steve. I'm wavering yeah. because, um, you know, I, I always felt he was a good CEO. I understood why he kept everything intact after last season. Um, but when Sunday came and after going 6-6 six and six this year and it being the, the, the disaster that it is, Sunday came and there was silence, um, I started to change my opinion really fast. I'll be honest with you. Let me tell you, the reason he's he can't fire anybody, anybody, is because he's not willing to fire the main problem, which is his friend, well, whatever he, might... he is to him. So you're not going to go down and fire any of yes. his assistants. Right. It, it's hard to not... scapegoat. Right. It's hard to scapegoat the other guys. I totally agree yes. with you. It's, so a, it's all of them. No... It's all of them or none of them. I agree with you, Steve. That... That's the that's that's the problem right there. So you can't fire nobody, cause you're not gonna fire him. So here we go. We're gonna go in the next season. You're gonna lose um, season ticket holders. Are not gonna buy. It's gonna be less crowds at the game. And, you know, and he's gonna have another excuse after next season. You know, we keep making excuses for him. He don't have players, which is a lie. And what up the cloud, which is a lie. This guy just can't coach. And you know. Until we get rid of them, we're going to suffer. And all this therapy, you know, my blood pressure is up. I don't call this therapy. You know, I enjoy calling, but my my blood pressure is up at the end of the night, every night because of some of the stuff I hear, man. This guy has got to go. 
come on, admit it. You heard you you heard Mary J at the beginning of the show, and 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 she had you feeling it a little bit. Come on. Who that 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 song? Yeah, come on. That's Mary J, <laughs> yeah, man. She, she had me feeling it, and then I started hearing uh, then I started hearing some of these some. You know, everybody is not saying it, but when I hear what like the players, he don't have the players, and people owe him something. You know, all that song just get wiped out. The you know, all the medicine you gave me is is non void. You know, <laughs> you can't you can't do both. You can't heal and then make me sick at the same time. You just got to be a healing doctor, man. You got to stop that. <laughs> I try, so Steve. I, I try. You know, but we, we Al, got like we, said, we got a tough subject right now, man. It's hard to heal. <laughs> but I mean, I. You I, said I, 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 I I'm good, man, but it's it. Come on, it's it's tough for you guys <laughs> with what's going on right now. Let's be honest. <laughs> hey, uh, you're right, but you said at the beginning of the show that the um, coach need to go in the locker room and tell the players that anybody who don't want to be here, yada yada yada, you know, and tell them to leave. No, Al and his coaches need. Well, Al specifically need to look in the mirror. And, and, and check himself and ask himself that question. You know, and he needs to check out point hey, blank. You, you know, let me tell you something. Those players. They, the, the, the coaches as well as the players were so invested in that Florida State game that don't think they didn't have a letdown too. They probably did have a big letdown. Well, the coaches have a letdown all year. have been having oh. letdowns all year for four years. So I, I don't fault it, these players – I don't fault these players for what. Just look at the record. You know, you got to look in the mirror too, um, Gary, and and, and check yourself with some of the the defensive you be giving this guy. Look in the mirror and ask yourself. Look at these records. Look at some of these other schools' recruiting classes, and then ask yourself again, why do you defend this guy some of the times with some of the stuff you say? This guy is not deserving of this job. I don't care who we bring in. I haven't defended not a one good loss. CEO. I didn't huh? defend one loss this year. Not one, Steve. I no, thought I'm the just saying, he, game, I thought they all were coaching losses. Yeah, we're cool. But he, other than he, Florida know, State, other than Florida State and, yeah. and Virginia and Virginia. Yeah, they they you know, it's it's you know, well, you know, Florida State down the line, it showed our coaches don't have it. You know, cuz if you look at the game and I, I'm going to get off because I know there's a whole bunch of people waiting. But if you look at that game, the game was 0-0 in the fourth quarter. And the better coaches won that game. Because we had no – did we have any turnovers? The last turnover was on the last drive after we didn't call a timeout when we had crossed the 50 and oh, no, got they that won. freshman quarterback. They won the oh. last three quarters handily, Steve. It, it, I mean, yeah, it wasn't that, last last three quarters. It wasn't even a game. Nobody realizes it because Miami was ahead. The last three yeah, quarters, you, it wasn't even. It was not even close. Yeah. So really, you know, all you know, our coaches that that was on them too. I, I give them all the blame. You know, I, I just go back for four years of what's been going on. No matter how we blame, the players change, and we get the same results every year. So it got to be the staff. Alabama turns over, like you say, they turn over players every year. They bring new players in, and they're not having, they're not getting the bus that we get. Florida State, look at Louisville. They they're competitive every year. Look yep. at what what's that team? George O'Leary coach, Central Florida. Uh huh. 
Look at them. They're competitive. You know, they might not win all of their games, but they're going to definitely win most of all the ones they should win. You know, and that's football, all I got. With obviously some exceptions, it's all about the coaches. The, you know, the, you put a good staff together, you can win in college football. All right, Steve. Yeah. Hey, th- thank you. Keep me on hold. Part of the show. You got it, man. Hey, we'll talk to you again next right. week, next Tuesday night. All right, 646-595-204. We're in hour number two of Kane Sport Live. Let's go to the 404. You are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Gary, what's going on, man? How you doing? Doing good. Who's this? This is Roland, man, uh, from New Orleans, but I live up in Atlanta, man. Just a uh, guy would call you about, remember I was telling you about Brendan Carroll, about the receivers? Uh-huh. Okay, so uh, let's first talk about the receivers outside of Philip Dorsett. Who else, who, what other receivers have really developed this year? And Roland, and, Roland you're and right. Which, and which, okay, I was you're right. right. Was I not right? I told you. I but, told you that guy is a recruiter for the West Coast. He's great for California. But we need kids from South Florida. We don't need. We don't, why are we recruiting? You get you get your quarterback from California. You get your specialty players from South Florida. And you get your old linemen from Midwest or, or you know maybe Texas or whatnot. Why 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 are we trying to get all these guys from? Uh, he's a recruiter. He's not a, he's not a position coach for for those receivers. There's no way in the world he should be coaching those wide receivers. And I, I remember like, I made that, I like that point up. You know, he's a really good guy. Um, obviously, has a great football, football heritage and everything else. But let me just say something. The, the, the regression of Herb Waters and Stacey Coley this year um, w- w- was really bad. And they, they can't have that next year. So I don't know if he's to blame or what's to blame. Um, one receiver kind of distanced himself from the pack a little bit this year, and that was Philip Dorsett. Um Guys like Malcolm Lewis and uh, Braxton yep. Berrios, you know, they they did okay and all that. Um, yeah. Stacey Coley and Herb Waters cannot have years in 2015 the way they did in 2014. And, you know, what Al Golden has to figure out is why that happened. And whatever the reason is, if it means he has to change that spot, then he's got to change that spot. You know, but you it, it can't be acceptable. Yeah. Yeah, you remember Malcolm Lewis his freshman year before he got the ankle, before he broke his ankle. I was at that game, that Georgia Tech game. I mean, just the speed, the burst, and I know it takes time to heal. But beside, but beside Dorsett, I was just talking about just the receivers. I mean, I don't. I mean, and Stacey Coley is just. He just. I don't know what it is, man. He seems um, a little timid, just a little. Some, there's um, something wrong. Something ain't right. Something's not there. right. Mm-mm. No, yeah, not I don't, I don't so know it. what it is, but there's something wrong there. Yeah, and that's so, so that's, look at. I agree, and I like Brennan. Brennan's you know really cool guy, but that's not a factor here. Uh, you know, we're just a, we're evaluating pure coaching and what's going on with this team and what's taking place on the field, and and that's a spot that needs to be better. Definitely, that's a spot. I mean, you know, I brought that up, and then yeah, I, I don't, I'm not even gonna bring it up. I mean, you're probably here the entire night. The D line, I'm not even gonna bring up the D line. Uh, cornerbacks, uh, yeah, all those DB safeties. I mean, none of those guys are developing, man. I mean, you got guys. Um, I mean, I I can't really tell you one guy that you could just say you know has really just made a drastic change. You may you may see small increments and changes just a little bit. Just flashes, you, you get, like you'll see Deion flash. flash. He'll flash, flash. in the Florida State game for a few plays, but you're not seeing anything sustained nope. over entire ball games. Or a stretch of ball games. Nope. 
Not at all. Thurston, Thurston Armbrister, he flashed for a game or two at the beginning of the season. The last nine games of the year, you wouldn't have even known he was on the team. No, I totally agree. I, it seems like that team is just totally lifeless. It's totally um, – and you look at – who is the leaders of the team? You got all these seniors. And, and granted, I'm going to tell you, those guys that go to the league, Wolford, Perriman, um, Dorsett, all those guys are going to really they're going to be they're going to be they're going to be really I think they're going to be tremendous players on the next level once they get better coaching. And Duke Johnson, man, I, you know what? Duke shouldn't even he shouldn't even play in the bowl game. He should just they should just he should just, he should just wrap it up and just get ready for his pro career. So he you know he shouldn't have to worry about the injury. I don't disagree with you. I'll tell you, if I were Duke you know Johnson, I would, I would play in the bowl game. I mean, look I at Clive Walford. He had surgery today. Clive Walford <laughs> had knee surgery today. But you, you know what's so crazy too, Darren? With all these, you know, all these, you know, rumors about Golden getting fired, Golden this. Why is he? You know, you got to you got to recruit. But why is he bringing? You know, guys like Paul Wood. Why is he recruiting? Why is he not addressing these issues? Why is he just didn't understand um, when he got the job, Roland? He didn't understand the level of coaching staff that you need to be successful at a program like this. He had never been there. He'd never been a head coach at anywhere other than Temple. Okay? It's a whole different deal when you get to this level of college football. And I don't think he understood, and he may still not understand, level of coaching staff that you have to have to be able to get it done at this level. And everybody looks, and I've said this over and over again, everybody looks at all the great players that have played for Miami and won championships. Look at the coaches that were on those teams. And look at where most of those guys went in their careers, and you see a common pattern. Let me tell you, this is what I knew. This is what I knew. Things, I mean, I already knew things changed, you know, progression with, with, with Coca, but the team still was. Even with Coca, the team still had, you know, had, that, had an edge. With Randy Shannon, you know, a little, little bit of an edge. But when, when we played Notre Dame in Chicago, and they were talking about what all the different kids, you know, what they like and things of that nature. Kids were saying that one guy was like, uh, he liked poetry. Another guy he liked this. And I'm just like, you look, you look back in those Jerome Brown days, those Michael Brown days. They, you had animals, you had dogs, and you look at what we got now. And I, I don't blame the kids. The coaches got a. We don't. I don't even know if we are we recruiting those type of kids. Those that edge that that that. That 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 Miami just grit, just you know, we I'm gonna knock your head off. You know, you coming across the middle. It's just it's so, oh man, it made me so sick of that Georgia Tech game, Gary. I I mean I man, I, I, man, it was it was it was it was a it was um it was a bad feeling, man. I, I, I from from you know I mean I didn't grow up in Miami. I grew up in New Orleans. I was always a Kings fan because it always epitomized. New Orleans and Miami is very similar with type of athletes you have coming out of the cities. And, and to see Miami playing the way they played at Georgia Tech, and I saw Golden with that orange tie, I said, man, I said, something got to change. They got to change. They, they need to, if Golden was going to stay, they need to change at least. Hey, they didn't lose because he's wearing a tie, man. Come on. I know. I uh, agree with that. Him wearing a tie has nothing to do with anything. But, but, but that's not Miami. Come on now. That's not Miami. That's, that's, uh, Man, you could just Howard, Howard wore a I'm suit. I'm sorry. Howard wore a yeah, full you, suit. 
I, okay, but let me ask you, what, what kind Before of... Before any of this even... Of, but let me ask you, what kind of player... What, Miami ever did anything. Did he have on that team? Huh? That's true, okay. What kind of players he had? He had, he had the... Well, you had the, the Bernie Coles on the the, the, the the Michael Irvins, the Highsmiths. Those guys were dogs. They did a nice job yeah. putting them together. I know, I, and I'm going on a rant. But, you, I but he wore a Yeah, you are. You're going on and on. But let me tell you something. <laughs> he he wore a suit. Man. He wore a suit. Don't talk to me about a tie. What else you got? Anything else? I'm, I'm gonna just listen, and um, I'm just frustrated, Gary. I mean, I'm you know, I, I know I'm, you I'm, I'm, just, I'm just I'm just having fun. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, it's I, not the tie. It, it's definitely not the tie. There's, there's a lot of reasons the tie isn't one of them. All right, man. No. Hey, thank you. Keep me on hold, Gary. Keep me on hold. You got, keep me on you hold. got it. Talk to you again next All week. Right. All right, 646-595-2048. Let's go to the um, five. You're now live on Game Sport Live. Hey, guy. How you doing, Greg? Hey, what's up, Greg? How you doing this week? I'm doing good. Um, I got a few points. Um. Obviously, with uh, Jethro Franklin out in California recruiting his five-star linebacker, there's no chance we're getting rid of him. Why are these guys even out on the trail? Can't answer that. He's going to reevaluate the staff after the ball game. Isn't that too late? No. (laughs) Not necessarily. I mean, there's never, you can, you can do anything you want. I just, you know, I don't think anybody knows what he's going to do right now. I mean, uh, you're trying to pull these kids. Say if this kid actually wanted to come because of Jethro Franklin, then you're not going to get rid of Jethro Franklin, obviously. Well, I don't think you know it. I don't think you know yet. You know, it all could be still to be decided. It could have already been decided. Nobody has any clue. I mean, nobody. Uh, I saw on the site tonight that this kid Snelson decommitted. Uh, yeah, that's from American that's, Heritage. That's been coming. He did, did no big deal. He, he he's a kid that wants attention. Um, it means absolutely nothing. I just wanted to talk about Brad Carter for a second. Do you think he regressed a little in these last two games? It's hard to say because you don't, you know, they had nothing to play for, which may have had a lot to do with it. I mean, I'm not going to say they regressed. I mean, I think they were the team they were after the Florida State game. They had nothing to play for. It's not an excuse. Um, you're still supposed to finish your season and have pride, but they didn't have it. They they were done after the Florida State game. I think that was pretty obvious. Some uh, guys play know, hard, but, but not, not, not enough of them. I'm watching the game, and they're down 35-23. And they're walking around up to the line of scrimmage. He's looking over to Coley. He's supposed to be in up-tempo when he's down by 12 points with five minutes to go. Not looking for a play. He's supposed to have more than one play called, obviously. Yeah, I noticed that, too. They're going to have to speed up the hurry-up offense next year. It's taking too long in between plays. When they, They're fine in the normal uh, scope of offense, but when they have to go hurry up, it's taken way too much time in between plays. That's definitely something right. they need to look at before next year. We got, we got, uh, well, Kai's, uh, go-to guys are all going to be gone. Clive and, uh, Duke Johnson and Philip Dorsett. Somebody's going to have to step up. Who's our deep threat next year? Hopefully Kai? 
Well, it's gonna. Um, I think I think your two starting receivers are gonna be Coley and Rashawn Scott. So we'll see. Oh, okay. Well, hopefully he'll be healthy. But uh, do you see any of these kids transferring, being so disgusted with what's going on here? No, there's no signs of that right now. Well, you know, way too, way too to talk about that. There's no signs of any of that. Well, Alrighty, anything else tonight? All right, thanks. For, can you leave me on hold, please? You got it. Thanks for being part of thanks. the show. All right, let's go now to the um, let's go to, to the six one five. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing this week? Gary, how you doing? Doing good. Who's this? Man, this is one Rocky Mountain Kane. What's up, man? How you doing this week? I'm doing good, Gary. You finally put me through. I've been wanting to talk to you since this day started. All right, so well, I knew I always knew it was your number that was on the board, so I skipped it. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I just I just made a mistake <laughs> this week. <laughs> yeah, you did. I had to call from a different number. Uh, oh, here's okay. my question, Gary. When is this university going to realize the return on investment that firing Al Golden would, would bring to the university? You know, you look at USC, you look at Alabama. They spent money, and it has increased everything in terms of profits, uh, attendance. At the I can't even hardly talk. I'm so excited. I'm finally on this show. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, but all right, so admission rates went up. Uh, The the GPAs of the students that that were being admitted to the school, that went up. Football brings everything to universities these days. When is Miami going to realize that? But does it do that at Miami? Does it really do that at Miami? I mean, is the stadium – how many more tickets are they going to sell? Just, you know, just to play devil's advocate a little bit. If we brought in a top elite coach – yeah, what's it going to add? How many how many seats over the course of, over over the course of the year? How much more do you think you'll average? An extra five thousand a game, maybe. <laughs> what are we averaging right now? Really, not what the school puts out, but what are we really averaging? Like twenty five, thirty, no, maybe. Probably thirty five, forty, but over the you know okay. over, the, over, the whole, over the whole seven games, but you know. You talk about you know, the, the same rules apply for Miami as, as other schools. If the school bit if the school bit the bullet, they pay a coach two times what they're paying right now. They win a national championship, win the ACC. I don't care. I mean, hell, the ACC would be great. Now Miami's turned into we accept less than we used to. So if we win the ACC, maybe get to a national championship. College football's changed, man. I understand back with Miami, we used to not be uh, – when we used to be really good, we didn't fill up the stadium. Football's changed. It's more popular now than it ever has been. So who's to say if we get to a national championship, we can't sell out? If we put money into the program like the Dolphins do, they sell out. There's no reason why we can't sell out. And correct me if I'm wrong, but back in the 80s when Miami started to be good – and the school started to get more popular, was the football player not on the front of that academic program? Football makes universities these days, period. That's what people like. That's what people see on TV. Well, it, it made Miami, too, but I'm not sure it's 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 a money thing. 
I'm really not because the money that you get from the conference is pretty much locked in no matter how good you are. Um, and, you know, I'm not sure. Like, you know, they'll sell a little more merchandise, obviously, and things like that. They get, they get uh, I think, like an 8% royalty on merchandise sold. So they'd make a little more money there. But the University of Miami doesn't look at football and athletics. As, as a profit center for the university, they use their fundraising campaigns for that. I, I think they're happy and have been through the years if the athletic department can just support itself to where the university doesn't have to subsidize. It's just a shame what's going on down there, man. It's, it's, I mean, it's I mean, they're not sitting here saying we got to fire out Golden so we can make money. Let me let's put it that way. But you realize that it's more expensive to keep him than it is to let him go. This university loses money every single month that this man is employed. Period. There, there's no doubt about it. There's no arguing that. No. I mean, and it, it, it's like we're stuck with him. He doesn't want to be here. We, we I'm, don't yeah, want I'm him here. He doesn't anymore. <laughs> I, w- I would agree with you. I, I bet you right now he really doesn't want to be here anymore. Exactly. This university has money, despite what people say. They can buy him out, and it Here's the question. When will the University of Miami bite the bullet and pay for an elite head coach? If championships aren't on sale, they never will well, be again. I think they think they did that right now. I mean, Al Golden's making more money than any, any of them ever have. Right. But as I say, everybody's making more money now. People at McDonald's are making more than they were 10 years ago. Salaries rise. So the question is... Are we paying as much? Okay, I know you always say, well, the state universities, we can't compete with that. We're not paying what TCU is paying Gary Patterson. We're not paying what, uh, I'm, I'm not sure Art Bryle's salary, but I don't I don't know what his salary is. I know for a fact we're not paying what Art Bryles pays. I, I mean, uh, Gary Patterson. I know for a fact we're not paying what USC's paying. So when are we going to start paying, like other private schools, who are competitive on the national stage. Until that happens, we're going to continue to be irrelevant. That's my rant. All right. Well, I mean, I think it will depend. When the day Al Golden is no longer coach, I think it will depend on who they want to bring in and what they command. I don't I don't think you just pay for the sport of it, you know. I, I think you have you to have a reason. I think you have to have a reason to pay. The thing you don't is- just you know, you're not paying. You're not going to pay a coach three or four million dollars to try to impress anybody. You're going to pay him three million dollars because that's what they command on the market. That's what they're worth. Do you not think that this university is at a point where we really don't have a choice but to go out next time and pay for an elite coach? If we hire another one of these guys on the cheap and he comes in here and sucks like Al Golden has, this university's program is going down the drain. We're already getting to the point where these kids are seven years old the last time Miami was relevant. So what's going to happen if we hire another guy who sucks? The kids weren't even going to be born the last time when Miami was good. It's do or die time now. It's getting pretty close. I agree. Total waste of time. Uh, (laughs) Another year of Val Golden is a complete waste of time. All right, man. Hey, I'm glad you got on. I'm glad you got on the show. All right, hopefully, hopefully the third camp will call in here and slurp for us. <laughs> hopefully you'll get on again, man. Hey, th- thanks for giving us right, a call. <laughs> All right, 646-595-2048. You knew he was going to get on eventually, and I'll be honest with you, we weren't keeping him on on purpose or anything like that. I'm not quite sure what he's talking about. Um, 
but I mean, sometimes, you know, we, we just have like, you know, we got, I think 60 people on the board right now. I mean, you know, we're, we're going to get as many of you guys on tonight as we can, but it's some, some weeks it's just impossible to get everybody on. So, um, Rocky, we weren't discriminating against you, but, uh, glad you finally got on. All right, let's go to the seven Oh six. You're now live on Kane sport live. What's up, Gary? How you doing? This is Sebastian. How are you? Hey, what's up, Sebastian? What you got for us? Nothing much, man. I missed the. I, I didn't get a chance to get in on the call last week, but I got a chance to listen. Uh, listen in, and man, you have just predicted exactly what was going to transpire this whole entire year. I just wish you just it's told us that scary. we've been playing. It, it, I, I mean, I feel. I, I'm, it, 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 like it, it's amazingly scary, Gary. And I was hoping you would have just started off the year saying that we're going to be playing for the ACC championship game, you know. But everything you came to fruition, and so I don't. I got a lot to say, and I know a lot of people need to get on. So I'm just going to give you a quick. I wrote notes down because right, hey, I wanted to keep. Do you have somebody talking in the background there? No, I don't. All right, now it seems a little better. Go ahead. Okay. All right. The first thing I want to say is coaching matters. And what I mean by coaching, you got to get coaches with experience of winning at the highest level. And let me tell you what I mean by that. You know, when uh, Schnellenberger came from the Dolphins and Jimmy Johnson came from Oklahoma State, when Butch Davis came to Miami, they had experience of what it's like to win at the highest level. And I think you need that when you're working at a program like the University of Miami. You're right. We don't need to be Alabama. We don't need to be Florida or Florida State. You know, we have access to the talent that can compete for national championship. You see it. I watched the Iron Bowl last year, and I hate Alabama. But I do like to see Amari Cooper do what he do. I just wish he was in a Hurricanes uniform. There's no reason in the world he should be at Alabama and not here at the University of Miami. Well, that's part of the and, problem. Um, you know, and it is part of the problem. You know, when Butch Davis got here, and I wrote this down because I really wanted to get it in, Butch Davis wrote, won with walk-ons. You, does anybody remember Aaron Mosier, Andre King? I mean, do you remember that UCLA game when we had our – we were tied with, you know, uh, NCAA violation and all that other stuff? He knew how to coach players. He knew how to bring the best out of them. And I don't just think we have it with this with, – with, with this coaching staff that we have right here. I don't believe, you know, we don't have an indoor practice facility. We don't have the Orange Bowl. I don't think that's the problem. What I think the problem is is I don't think we have the coaching because coaching matters, you know. Um, we lost that Florida State game because of special teams. That's coaching. Uh, yeah, how about, how bad I mean, tell me special if, teams? How about the pit game? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Coaching matters. I mean, if you stop and think, if we if we were solid in the kicking game and special teams, the Florida State game could have changed that a little bit differently. Okay, let me keep on going on uh, before I before I miss some stuff. I want to point out what I mean. Coaching matters. Look at Jim Laranega. You know, we got he came to us, but you got to realize he made it to the Final Four. He was, I mean, at a mid-major. He is so good. I mean, you just, I, I sat there last night um, and just we marveled. We did, too. We watched the game. We were just, I mean, I mean, no, I root for Miami and everything, but, I mean, it's been a long time that I've been just as, I mean, just as giddy about the basketball team. I mean, a couple of years, you know, we had a good NCAA run. But, I mean, he had one down year. 
He got the players he needed to get in here, and even though we don't have our full allotment of scholarship, those guys work like a well-oiled machine. You had to be extremely proud if you was a Miami fan watching that basketball game oh, last man. night. Oh, man, it, it was unreal. And, and, you know, he just, every time they, they get in trouble, he dials something up that, to adjust and, and, and turn it back around. And um, I was just so impressed. And, you know, I, I talked to the coaches before the game last night, and they were a little concerned about Illinois and their guards and their speed and, and defending them. You know, they felt like they were going to really miss Devon Reed last night in that game. And um, they the way they adjusted was they played DeAndre Burnett a lot more and took advantage of his ability to score. And, um, you know, you know they just have an answer for for, for everything, it seems. And are, I mean, they're just doing a great job. I mean, how about the freshman, Omar Sherman, misses his first four three Exactly. That, that, and, and he's a, he's a great what, shooter. And you know how he responds to that? He calls a play for the kid, and the kid nails exactly. that one. Exactly. That, that, that's what I'm – when, when I tell you coaching matters, I, I, don't want, I don't want you to cut the call too short, but that's what I mean when I say coaching matters. I mean, when you watched that game last night, there was no time you felt like Miami was not being well coached during that game. Not from the from the time they tipped off to the way they played, and you got to realize they dealing with the NCAA too. They dealing being short a scholarship player, but he's getting the most out of those players. Are you do you agree, disagree with me on that? I totally agree with you. And that's what coaching does. You get the most out of your players, and it brings me on to my next point. You know, I've been talking about Herb Waters for a long time. I hope he's recovering well from his injury. But I knew sooner or later, as the season progressed, I knew we was going to run into trouble if we didn't develop another outside threat. Yep, you're right. Bub, Bub, get the I knew we was going to get in trouble if we didn't get if we didn't develop another wide receiver, another particular threat. And you know, we weren't getting it out of Herb Waters. You know, we weren't getting out of uh, Burials. You know, I'm worried about you know the kid number nine, Lewis or whatnot. But we could have did a better job like that. And that comes down to coaching. Being able to believe and inspire your kids so they could be able to do some other good stuff. Okay, so here's my question. Okay, what type of positive things can we look into going into next year as far as, you know, players on the team that we can kind of build around? Well, I think, you know, you've got a quarterback to build around. You're going to have several running backs who can play. Um, I think they feel pretty good about the tight end position with um, Her- Herndon coming in and a Joku fa- maybe factoring in with Standish Dobard. Um, I think the receiver position they feel comfortable with, with the guys that were freshmen this year developing and coming up. Um, you got Rashawn Scott coming back, who they feel m- might be the best receiver on the team. I think you got to hope that Stacy Coley bounces back. Um, all that happens, and they can put together an offensive line. They got a JUCO kid up in New York that they're trying to recruit right now. That they think, um, at least you know, it looks like they think can can help right away. Otherwise, they wouldn't be recruiting them. Um, and you know, uh, you got McDerm- you'll have McDermott coming back. You'll have Gadbois coming back. Is Adora coming back? I think Linder showed you enough that you could, you feel comfortable that he, you know, he should be able to give you some solid play as a center next year. So offensively, you're going to have some pieces to work with, um, with, with the talent that they have coming back and 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 what figures to be coming in in the freshman class. Um, defensively is where the issues continue, in my opinion. I, you know, obviously you need the ends to take the next step. Chad Thomas, Muhammad um, have everything you could want in, in defensive ends. They just got to become football players. And um, if they do, you should be okay at that position with McCord there um, as well. And, and um, 
you know, maybe the other, somebody else stepping up. Um, I think defensive tackle continues to be a huge issue. Um, I don't see anything on the recruiting horizon that's going to change that. Um, to me, linebacker is a massive issue uh, again next year, even more so than this year. Um, I, I think safety uh, continues to, to, to be an issue. I think you got to hope that Rayshon Jenkins, after sitting out all yep, this time, come, comes back and can play next to Deion Bush and, and give you decent safety play, and then you can you know work in um, the other guys. And the corners should be pretty good. So, I mean, it's not a disaster um, from any str- – stretch of the imagination um however uh, you have to upgrade the coaching in my opinion um and and just continue to to try to get better on all fronts hey i appreciate you for sharing that because i was waiting for you to get the defense because everything you was telling me makes me feel good about the offense but yeah i'm really really scared about the defense i'm gonna say this last thing and if you just keep me on hold with that being said as you go into next year because you can't give me a prediction at the beginning of the year where it's going to end up this year, just like you did last year. I want you to say at the beginning of the year, I think we're going to be in the ACC championship game. What I've seen in spring practice and what we got on the field, I think we're going to be looking good. But this is what I want to end off with, and you keep me on cold. Coaching matters. And what I mean by that is, and I wrote these four things down, coaching comes down to a philosophy. What is your philosophy as a coach? What is your identity? What do people know when they put on the field what type of team you're going to play? Because philosophy dictates scheme. Scheme dictates personnel. Personnel dictates recruiting. So when I tell you coaching matters, that's what I mean. If, if the coaching ain't right, down the road you're going to see it. And Miami is one of those teams, although it may not have the aura of all these other college schools and whatnot, they have access to talent that can compete for national championships. And so I'm hoping, I don't know what's going to take place during the off season, but just keep me on the hold and keep talking about it. Coaching matters. And if we don't fix the coaching, ain't nothing going to turn out right, man. If you could just comment on that, just kind of keep I, me on hold. I'm glad I was on the show. Missed you last week. But uh, you got to start off next year saying we're going to be playing for the SEC championship game. You can't be <laughs> this all right, we'll see how spring practice goes and recruiting goes. Yeah, you, you, you can't do that. You remember when I that. call you next year, I want you to be telling me, say, look, what I've seen is we should be playing. But they said, oh, this is the last thing I want to say, and, 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 and you, can, you can cut me off after this. Go ahead. I'm, I'm going to do it real fast. The last thing I wanted to say is the one thing I loved about Butch Davis, he knew one thing. He, he knew if Miami was ever going to be back, the one thing he needed to do is beat Florida State. And if Al Golden is not thinking about the Florida State game next year in Tallahassee, uh, how to win that game, he's not going to be lasting long as our coach. You, you well, comment on that. Just whether Al Golden's here or anybody else, they need to learn how to play that game and not let it impact the other 11. You know, you need to be able to play Florida State and win or lose, go on and play the rest of the year. This year they played Florida State and lost and just tanked the rest of the season. Um, that's not acceptable. Anyway, hey, thanks for being part of the show. Give us a call again next week. Let's go out now to the 813. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. <clears throat> hey, Gary, this is Nick. Hey, what's up, Nick? You got your voice cleared? You all ready to go? <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to go, Gary. All right, so, man. So I took, down, uh, I took down notes again, Gary, so I can knock this out real quick to try to let other people on. Um, <clears throat> this week, Gary, I read an article that was talking about um, how a few years ago Donna, like, made a comment how, like, she was like, well, I I missed the Orange Bowl, too, but it was falling apart, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I wanted to build a a bunch of, uh, uh, sorry, Miami, like, uh, higher-ups in the city of Miami came to me with the tropical park idea. 
but it fell through because FIU um, didn't want to go in on that. Uh, my question is this about that, Gary. Um, I mean, <clears throat> FIU is not some kind of authority whether we can build a stadium at Tropical Park. Was it just because FIU, we needed them as a partner financially? That's what they were, tra- yeah. that they were financially trying to get them as a partner, yes. Okay. So if we wanted to build a top of, uh, our own stadium, Tropical Park, tomorrow, uh, we, we can do that if we decide we want to do that, correct? I believe they would be able to get Dade County let them do it, but they would have to have the money. Okay, cool. That's good. I, I feel better about that because when I read that article, I thought like FIU was like some kind of authority on that or something. That pissed me off. But it's good to hear that. that. Okay. Uh, Gary, we, we talked about last week with the stadium and how, you know, with our 15 years or whatever with uh, Sun Life, um, eventually Miami's going to build a stadium. I mean, you talked about that. You agree. Blake James sees that as a need. <clears throat> so uh, if we either do it on our own financing with some kind of a momentum uh, campaign raising or we do it with partners, um, I know a real – Real, uh, um, realistic chance of us getting into a smaller stadium in the city close to campus would be of that partnership with Beckham that I know has gone back and forth. Have you heard anything more about that, Gary? That's not okay, going to so happen. That's out. That, I, that was never going to happen. First okay. of all, soccer doesn't need a 50,000-seat stadium. Yeah, I agree with that, but I thought they were the UM said that if it's 40,000, that's doable for us. They don't need a 40,000-seat stadium either. They don't need to spend that kind of money. They, it's, for soccer, you need 20,000, 25,000 seats. You want it to be really nice, right. the way they were talking about, you know, the views of the city, all that was awesome. But you don't need that many seats. You'll never recoup your investment. No, and I agree with that, Gary, but I could give a damn about soccer. Um, if Beckham wants to bring a team to Miami, whatever, all I care about is Kane's football, and if we could have piggybacked that into our own stadium and got them to go with that, hey, man, I'm all for it. But, um, all right, so I just want to know if that was ever uh, a real possibility, but if it's not, oh, well, just move on. Um, <clears throat> the second, the, the third thing, Gary, um, I got on my list is, um, okay, after Sunday, obviously, uh, two big rumors were put out there. Uh, one was by the Beast uh, London and another by Mark Coachman they- about, you know, are Neither either one of them had any uh, no, ab- no idea what they're talking about. Either one of them. It's, it's absurd. Okay. Don't even don't waste five seconds even thinking about it. Okay, so cross those off the list. Those guys are uh, uh, not credible. Off. Not credible at all. <clears throat> no. Okay, now Gary, getting to my uh, next thing. Um, you know, and I don't know this. You know, I don't know if Golden's maybe his plan is. You know, um, since obviously he's not making any changes now, or. He, he would have came out Monday and said, hey, listen, I'm going to make some changes. And a lot of these guys, you know, who we've all been calling for changes because of their deficiencies wouldn't be on the recruit trail right now. But I just get the feeling from him, Gary, it, with his um, <clears throat> reluctance to make a change and his stubbornness and the way he sounded on that on that Joe Rose show, is he, in essence, daring the University of Miami to fire him? I mean, do you get that vibe from him? Because I'm yeah, starting to get that vibe, Gary. It's weird. I, I definitely wouldn't want to say that. <laughs> I can't, you know, okay. that's, hard, that's hard to imagine. It really is. I think he's just loyal. I think he's a loyal guy. Um, maybe he has something planned for after the bowl game. You know, who knows? I, I don't know. Do so you I, think I, there's I, a possibility, I, Gary, that he maybe is waiting till after the bowl game to then go into his evaluations and possibly make changes if he deems fit? Yeah, because he might be scouting out his own landscape first. 
you know, to be honest, okay. I mean, I don't, you know, we don't know. We, everything's guessing. I mean, okay. I, I got to think at this point that if he got a good offer, he would, he would want to leave. Um, it's just, it's yeah. not going well here at all <laughs> right now, but, yeah, um, you know, so maybe he's scouting out his own prospects first. Maybe he wants to get through the bowl game first. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they lose the bowl game, they have a losing season and, and, and that's a tough stigma to live with, you know? So, you know, maybe oh, he feels true. that my best chance to win the bowl game is keep everything status quo, don't create all kinds of crazy distractions and stuff, and then sit back yeah. after the bowl game and evaluate then. Um, there, there's a million things he could be thinking, you know? The, the, mm-hmm. the, thing, that, the thing is, he, I don't think he's communicated it to anybody. Um, so I don't know, you know, what the answer is. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, and then to piggyback off what you just said there, Gary, and I think you'll agree with this, and I know a couple of callers kind of said the same thing. I really think behind closed doors, you know, and I, I know he's loyal, loyal to D'Onofrio. I know they're business partners or whatever. I, I think behind closed doors, I, I don't think Golan wants to be here anymore, okay? And I think behind closed doors, those two are probably laughing it up, and I think he's probably saying, hey, you know what? I ain't getting rid of you. You're my man, whatever, and uh, I don't even want to be here anyways. So if we have to force the university's hand into getting rid of us and, you know, paying me my big buyout, whatever – but either way, to me, Gary, it feels like he, when it comes to D'Onofrio, he, 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 he's going down the, with the ship with him. Um, but I, I, do you think Al wants to be here anymore, Gary? Because I don't think he does. I mean, if I were him, I wouldn't. I mean, you know, you're getting mofoed all over every corner of, of South Florida and beyond. Um, you have a lot of problems. Rightfully, like, rightfully so, though, Gary. I'm not saying anyone's wrong. I'm saying that's what's going on. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, I think the team quit the last two games. Uh, that, that's tough for any coach to stomach, you know, mm-hmm. you know, that's a whole different issue. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, what's positive right now? <laughs> you know, yeah, there's nothing best, positive, Gary. Your, well, your best players are leaving. You know, the best players on your team are all leaving. Your junior, your best juniors are leaving and your, and all your seniors are leaving. So you're kind of rebuilding yeah. a little bit next year, but you're going to be in a, in a, a do or die, you know, hot seat year. I mean, yeah. I mean, if if somebody decent came calling me, I how do you not consider it? Yeah, no, and I agree, and I agree with that. And I you, this is this goes to my last point, and then I'll get out of here, Gary. Is <clears throat> I'm praying, I'm praying that some program hires him away from us. It's gotten to that point, and I, I feel like the only realistic hope is. You know, today, um, you know, Brett Billum has said no to Nebraska. You know, Nebraska is not the job it used to be. Um, let, let's call that call that what that is right there. They they're not in the Big Twelve no more. They can't so they can't recruit Texas, which used to be their lifeblood. There ain't no one want to. Nebraska high school football is a joke. Okay, let's call that what it is. I mean, it's yeah, but they got to hire somebody they can sell. They got to hire somebody well, they can, they can sell. So you don't you don't think there's no way in hell, Gary, that Nebraska will hire Golden away from us and save us from him? I don't know. I don't think so. God, that sucks. Because I was really hoping that Eckhorst would do it. But, you know, I thought it was a long shot too, Gary, because obviously, you know, they just fired a guy that won nine games a year, even though he was a jerk and no one liked him. And Al is not a jerk. You know, a lot of people like Al. Um, but, you know, he it's clear he can't coach. So I was thinking maybe Eckhorst would save us from him. But if you don't believe so, then – that uh, probably moots that. That doesn't point. mean that I'm right or wrong. I'm just saying I don't. I don't even think he's on the radar there. 
Oh, okay. So, see, there was a couple reports came out on ESPN that he was one of the guys on the list due to his relationship with Eckhorst. So that's why I brought it yeah, up. Yeah, but that you know, was, I, I people were assuming that Eichhorst didn't hire him. Kirby Hocutt hired yeah, him. Yeah, that's true. You know, but Eichhorst didn't give him that big extension, you gotta, though, the Gary. You guys understand, here's what you guys got to understand. And we, we got a whole website of people that live or die by every single thing they read online, on every website, and, and every Twitter, and everything else. There's a lot of people out there that have no clue what the hell they're talking about that are giving opinions on subjects. And, you know, you can't just believe everything somebody says just because they say it. And people are sitting there thinking, oh, geez, Sean Eichhorst was at University of Miami. You know, maybe he'll go hire Al Golden. But he didn't hire Al Golden in the first place. You know, he had him for a year because that's who he inherited. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Hey, he gave him that extension, but you're right. Giving a guy an extension – because you know you, th- you think you think he's going to run on you because of the hammer that's about dropped, and hiring a guy and interviewing guys two different things, and I agree with that. Um, so that's it, Gary. That's really all I had. Sorry, I was a little bit my voice was a little bit raised. I'm normally a lot more calmer and collected, but I'm just uh, you know uh, I'm Gary. I'm at a, you know I'm at a point to where uh, everything's making me angry now, man. Everything's making me angry. Um, you know, I even reading that article about Tropical Park. All of a sudden, I'm thinking, well, you know, now I'm pissed off at FIU, you know, because I'm thinking they blocked that. You know, I thought there was some authority on that, you know. So it's like I can't even read things without everything being skewed anymore because I'm so angry at the University of Miami and what they've done to the program I love more than anything. So with that being said, Gary, uh, call you next week, man. Thanks for getting me on, and uh, great show. All right, good. Thank you for uh, giving us a call. Hope you got some therapy out of it. All right, 646-595-2048 is the number. Um, Let's go out now to the um, 850, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing this morning? Hey, how you doing, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? Uh, Strauss up in Tallahassee. Hey, how you doing this week? All right, man, all right. I actually am one of those callers that made a list, too, but uh, I don't think I'm going to make it it all the way through through it. Go through it fast, all right? Go ahead. All right. Well, first question that I wanted to know, and I heard from like on multiple places last week, was there uh, fights after, in the locker room after the game? Um, we believe there were. Um, I, I don't know if I would classify them as fights. Uh, we don't have information to that detail. Um, but there yeah. were some players who were upset with other players who they didn't feel gave a lot of effort in that ball game. From what we heard, there was something right. that went on in there. No doubt about it. Okay. My second question would be, how do you leave the situation to the new president? You know, if you're Donna Shalala, the the bot, you know, the trustee, oh, any that, of well, this, you know, that's mean, a, how do you leave easy. it to him where he basically in six months has to fire a guy when no, he no, just, no, no. is trying yeah, to get is, the lay of the land? I know, but that's easy because the head football coach, other than the president, is probably the most important hire um, at a university because that's the person that's the that's the face of your institution. And to, if you're going to go out and you're going to bring in a new guy and you're going to invest that type of money and, and you have to give them the type of contracts you usually have to give them and things like that, it's only fair if you can, if you absolutely can, to leave that decision to the new president. Um, so I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. And I, I think in general, coaches deserve five years. The problem that I see is you're going into year five and the guy that you're entrusting with the fifth year might not be doing the things that he needs to do to give you a chance to be successful. And at that point, fraud it a little bit. 
Well, you yeah, know, and, I mean, and, we have the stellar 2016 recruiting class, and I don't want to be at this point next year where we're like, okay, well, we're firing this guy, and who knows what assistant, if James Coley's going to stay or any of that, and then we lose all these great players. Why not preemptive this? You know, get rid of it. There's nobody that wants this guy here. You know, nobody at all. He doesn't want to be here. His wife doesn't want to be here. D'Onofrio doesn't. They know it's going down. I mean, it's the, the you even see on uh, ESPN today, not to bring up any other shows or anything like that, but the the guy literally said that the uh, board of trustees is no longer yeah, has see, faith in Al Golden, but they're exactly going to keep him for another wait year. Wait a minute. That's the point I made a minute ago. <laughs> that guy's sitting there on ESPN making a comment about a report that was made on a radio show that was total BS. Just total, absolute, made-up nonsense. And now you got people but, hey, all over that, the but country. But it's still there. That's the thing. And that's the perception of our football program. It doesn't matter if it's true or false or whatever. If it's out there, it's out there. And that, these kids live this. You know, they have to make their professional careers off this decision they're going to make. And you hear something like that, it's like, well, why would I say uh, go to Miami or anything like that? Well, you know – but it just bothers me that people like take anything they hear and now all of a sudden becomes gospel everywhere. I mean, it's just not right. Well, that's the world we live in nowadays with the Twitters and the, everything like that. You know, it's just it's ridiculous. And you hear, okay, uh, moving on to the next point. I mean, uh, the the interview defending like his, uh, you hear him like defend his second half adjustment says that he makes the proper adjustments and everything like that, the coordinators and everything. And defending his defense going from uh, 90th to 15th in total rankings. I mean, those stats are all uh, misleading, you know? I mean, yeah, we might've had 360 total yards against Pittsburgh, but what they do, they drove the ball the whole entire game and barely let our offense on the field. And then when our offense did get on the field, it was in net. Yep. No yeah, so, I mean, if you look at 360 total yards of defense in a game, yeah, that's actually pretty good. You know, that's saying a good defensive coach. But, I mean, you got to look at the uh, time of possession. Another thing is I love Brad Kaya, and he's great and all. Why did we move away from the, the no huddle? Could we have not used that this year at all in any of these game I, situations? I, I, I think it's com- a, a combination of having a young quarterback – and, you know, wanting to manage him, do a good job managing him. And I think they also didn't want to put that type of stress on the defense, you know, limit the number of plays the defense is out there. Um, but I, I think ultimately Coley would love to run, you know, that hurry-up type of offense that you see Auburn running, um, some other teams around the country running. Um, just right now with where they are on defense, I don't think they feel comfortable doing, doing it. Right. I mean, it, it, but it, it did – mask a lot of flaws even when uh, Stephen Morris was our quarterback the previous year, you know. But overall, 6-6 six and six is unacceptable, and hearing that this guy is going to be our coach for another year was the most heartbreaking. I mean, you might as well tune out now. Come back in December next year and see what happens, you know, because, I mean, they, they, this is – if he's our coach, and obviously there's going to be no changes. Or they already would have happened. He would have used that recruiting wave and everything. You, you start bringing these people out on recruiting trips, they're going to be here, you know, especially if you're coveted Tim Irvin, you know, is uh, if you're bringing the whole defensive staff and the guy, Mark D'Onofrio, that doesn't even recruit is going to this guy's house. I mean, he's they're all obviously going to be here. So, I mean, this is going to be another six and six, maybe not even next year. I mean, I, I just – I think the 2016 recruiting class is just – too great and it has too much momentum to be like one of our best classes in probably a decade. 
to to let this go, you know, with this guy. I mean, this is it, it's well, just unacceptable. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I, I think people are a little premature with this 2016 class and they're overreacting. I mean, you know, one of the kids already decommitted today. I mean, it, you know, it, it's way too early to be anointing a 2016 class, in, in my opinion. But, um, you know, I think that they wasted the Duke Johnson era. Now you have the Brad, the Brad Kaya era, and it would just be a shame to see that. Get How do you defend well. that? I mean, with a bunch of, uh, that's, a, that's another thing. I mean, hearing Donna Shalala saying this is year one for this guy. I mean, and last week you were talking about, well, if he does bring in a defensive staff, and uh, we got to give this guy two years. I mean, I'm I'm done. There's there's yeah. Well, you're, no. you're but you're but you're done. You're done because of the way the year ended and the fact that on day one. He didn't. The way the year began, the, the way the year totally yeah, yeah. went. I but, mean, it, it wasn't had, the way the year I ended. Still, I still say, and I said it today on the boards, had he come out on Sunday morning, stood up and said, this is unacceptable, we are failing at our job, and we are going to get this fixed, I am doing A, B, C, and D, I'm I'm going to go out and, and we're going to we're, I'm going to improve my staff. We're going to improve okay, our Gary, what, what, what did he say? The exact same that, thing he said for four years. It all starts with me. Nothing. Yeah, he said nothing. It and, all and, and starts that's, with and me. That and it's going to end with him. The buck stops here, man. You know, you and, think and he's the okay stadium with that. is empty I, now? I, Wait till next I think, year. I think he's okay with that. He's, <laughs> you know, he's got five years left and a lot of money coming either way. Well, so, hey, now that I, I we've been hearing that it's supposedly only maybe a max of a $5 million buyout, pay it. Get it done. I mean, what what do we got to do? We got to start a Kickstarter fund or something like that between all the Canes fans around the country. I mean, we got to get this done. We got to fly banners. I mean, this is it, from game one. You know, we you don't quit after you start flying banners. You go from game one all the way to next months, year. I mean, nine months before you got a game again, so you got a long time to worry about it. All right, hey, well, let, no, let, we got a bowl let, game to get embarrassed in. Yeah, actually, but but yeah go ahead and get on the other people. What, are you going to fly the, a banner over the St. Pete Dome? No, I don't think so. No, right, no, hey, no, no, no. I'm not saying for that one. I'm just saying that we got a bowl game to get embarrassed again, you know, in, on national TV for whatever. But, yeah, get on to the other people. I appreciate it. All guys. right, man. Hey, thanks for being part have, of the show. Have a good time. All right, let's 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 go out now to the um, the 240. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Gary? This is D-Black21. Hey, what's up, D-Black? How you doing this week? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Uh, I'm enjoying a lot of these callers tonight. Hey, Steve, my man, hit me up, man. I, I, I love it when you, when you call in. Um, just a few things, Gary. I feel like anybody else. I'm I'm sick to my stomach. I'm sick to my stomach. Like whenever Miami loses, since I've been a fan, I don't watch Sports Center. I don't even like to watch other college games. But it's to the point now, Gary. I don't even like the word Al Golden. He's just a used car salesman. And, like, when he did that interview with Joe Rose, I've noticed, not just with that interview, but I've noticed in all his interviews, he always talks about what the offense doesn't do or what the offense should be doing. He never says what the defense doesn't do or what the defense isn't doing. He never does that. He always says, well, you know, the offense got to be better on third down. Well, the offense, we can't turn the ball over. Well, guess what? Y'all, your defense, your defense and your boy's defense, you couldn't stop a running back who had a hit pointer. 
He had a hip pointer, and he was destroying you. Gary, <laughs> then it was one point in the game, it was, the receiver did a simple, a simple three route, a, a five-yard out. Why did the cornerback, Gunther, do a 360? So you just get to your back pedal, you see him break out, you drive on it. Gary, he did a 360. I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, my God. I said, are you serious? The coaching is terrible. And I've been saying that from Jump Street. Al Golden is the worst. The coaching on the defensive side of the ball, Gary, is horrendous. Bad. horrendous. I, agree. I agree. It's been bad for a few years. You know, like I said, I understand why he brought everybody back this year. But now – well, I, I don't because really. he I, I he, don't. he he wanted to give them a chance with a with a clean slate and a better roster. It and, ended up and, being and the, you, it was the wrong decision, and I felt a year ago it was the wrong decision. But I understood why he made it. Hey, hey Gary, it's, there's an old there's an old African proverb that goes, "Not knowing is bad, but not wanting to know is even worse." You see what I'm saying? Not knowing, you didn't know the Miami mystique, how it is in South Florida. You didn't know that coming in. That's cool. But now it's like you don't want to know. After hearing it from everybody, from the high school coaches, from the fans, you, all the former players, basically you giving them the middle finger. And you're just giving them the big F you. See, not knowing is bad. That's cool because you didn't know. You know, say so you, you're up north boy like myself, but I, I was raised on Miami football. But now that you're, you're the head coach of the Miami University, University of Miami, you, you should want to know the aura, what it took to be great. Now, you don't want to do that. You don't, you don't, you do not care. And what you said about his friendship and, and with Mark D'Anafio, like Gary, if you, if me and you were best friends, if we were best friends, and I wasn't doing my job for Kane Sports, as your best friend, I expect you to come to me, to be able to come to me with all honesty, Gary, and say, you know what, D Black, my man, we look, you must, I love you, we got history together, but this just isn't working out. We well, still that's be what friends. I, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm saying the same thing. I think it's in both of their interests. To split up at this point. Yeah, and I'm like, look, we're still gonna be friends. It's not personal. This is business. And and as your friend, I gotta respect you for that. I gotta respect you that that you care enough about me to say, look, you basically you messing up on the job and you messing up everybody else's money, and which is gonna cost all of us to get fired. So as your friend, I got I got I gotta respect you for that, Gary. And, you know, and, and a lot of people, we're saying, you know, the children checked out. Well, maybe, yeah, it's a, it's a, we can look at this a, 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 a bunch of different ways. Yeah, they, they, was, they was invested in that Florida State game. Oh, man, they played their hearts out. They, 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 they was biting. Yes, they were. But, you know, maybe they finally realized that the coaches don't know what the hell they're doing and don't know how to put us in the, don't know how to put us in the proper place place to make plays. Maybe the maybe the the players are finally realizing like wow, all them old players that came in during the spring and was cr- critiquing our defense and criticizing, they knew what they were talking about. 
So now maybe these players are seeing that, and they saying, you know what, whatever. They don't care about us because they did. We still won't be running this, this jag-leg system. So as a player, you, you could, as a fan, you know, we got to think about, we got to think about what the players are enduring a day in, day out. And Gary, you said it yourself. Practices are too soft. They're like a country club. That's your, those are your words. It's a country I felt, club I, felt, I, I felt like it was, yeah. Yeah, it's a country club. Would you say? Would, what, I don't want to get. I don't want too vocal about it because I don't want to get. I don't want them to ban us from the practice field. But <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 look, I understand. But what? Okay, and I'm and I'm gonna make a couple points and I'm gonna let you roll because I know there's a lot of people that got to get on. What made Miami great? Not what they did on Saturday, but what they did on the practice field. Those practices were tough. Yep. All the former players talk about it. Those practices were, were tough. They were dog fights. Dog fights. Now you go out here and you have a, you know, it's like a, you know, a big barbecue. Like, come on, man. Your mentality starts in practice. If you have dog hard practices, when you almost killing each other, then guess what your team is going to be? Your team is going to be a bunch of wolves. And like, ain't that what Coach Don said? What's strong about the pack is the wolf. And what's strong about the wolf? It's the pack. We don't have no packs. We don't have no wolves except for Denzel. And a wolf alone, a wolf alone won't eat. A wolf right. needs a pack to eat. So a wolf alone will not survive, Gary. And that's why Denzel, it makes it look like he's not great because he don't have Love other him. great people around. I ain't going to say they're not great. The coaches aren't coaching him up to make him great. But we already know for sure Denzel is great. And he's the lone wolf on that defense. But we all know, Gary, a wolf won't survive by himself. A wolf needs a pack. It's it's time for Al to go. It's it's time for him to go. Thank you. All right, man. Appreciate it. You got it, man. Thanks for being part of the show. Keep me on hold, Gary. Keep me on hold. You got it. All right, 646-595-2048 is the number. We got about a a little less than an hour left. Um, Let's go now to the... um, 614. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. It's BG Kane from Ohio. How are you? Doing good. How are you doing this week? Good. We had a heated uh, discussion last week about uh, Al Golden and USC and proactivity with Florida and USC, but I kind of kind of see that maybe things are kind of turning around to where I think, I think we all know that unless some really big changes happen, Al Golden's going to be kept here for non-football reasons again. Uh, it's probably because of the contract and probably because the obligation that we feel uh, because of the NCAA, uh, which is unfortunate for the University of Miami because it just means a, a long list of, of, of horrible uh, decisions that we've been made, that the administration's been made. And that's why I want to call tonight. Um, I have a facilities a uh, point in question for you that I can't understand for the life of me. So I'm down in Coral Gables uh, for the long we- for a long weekend, and uh, I checked out the new Student Athletic Center. Just wanted to check out campus. I rarely go there. I and mostly I go, I've been on campus a hundred times, but uh, first time I wanted to check it out at night. Do the new Rathskeller, which is which is an awesome place to hang out for for it's Kane nice, fans. Isn't it? and, yeah. Oh, it's, it's beautiful. Nice, right? It's beautiful yeah, at yeah. night. I, I I go over there and. Um... And, and have lunch with my uh, with my son a lot. It's really really nice. 
at, at night, it, it really outdoes itself with the view of the of the of the lake and, and just the activity. It's a really nice place. But Gary, I couldn't understand something. I get out of the I get out of the Rascaler, go to my car, which is at the law library, uh, law school parking lot. I go down Ponce de Leon. You know what I don't understand, and it's really minor, but it just goes to show you the ineptitude of the University of Miami when it comes to football. Why do the intramural fields have lights and our football practice fields don't? <laughs> you know, I'm serious. I can't answer that. Other than I no, know that they're planning on putting lights in. It's it's it's. Well, it's you, can't, I, I, I have no idea. I'd love your conjecture. I, I I'd, well, I'd love just for you to guess. I mean, that's my, what I'm saying, guess, man. My guess would be that nobody's invested enough money to do it. It's 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 silliness. Well, well, the university. Well, it's you know what it shows. The university has the money to put lights up, but I mean, well, come on. In, in I mean, fairness, like, those it, lights it, have been there forever. Those lights have been there for forty years. So you know, I don't know. I, I but I think it goes to show you, Gary, that the commitment to the football team has been uh, from Tadslack, which it, just, it has, it has not been what it should be. But that's well, not that why they lost to Virginia and Pittsburgh. No, I understand. Well, no, and we Georgia lost to Virginia and Well, we we lost. Well, no, no, no. But it's a culmination. It, it, it's a culmination, Gary, of of poor investment into the football program. Correct. Uh, it goes from coaching to the facilities. And I got to be honest with you. I know a lot of people are talking about an on-campus football facility or one that's close. I got to be honest with you, Gary. I, I the one thing. <laughs> that I saw last night when I was watching the Illinois game, we can't even fill up the buck. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the buck, every dorm, pretty much all the dorms are within 200 yards of the buck, and we couldn't fill they, it up. They had so, you know what I'm saying? That they, they had more students at that game last night than they've ever had in the history of the basketball program. But it wasn't a sellout, right? The, I, don't, you know, I, don't think, I don't think the game was a sellout, though. No. No, you know what I'm saying, Gary. I mean, that, that, that's what I'm talking about. No, it's great that 2,000 kids went, but what I'm saying is, I mean, you, you can you, you combine Mahoney and, and all those dorms around there. I mean, and, and the University Village. I mean, Gary, that that you're, you're talking about eight, nine thousand. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying. I just think here's the deal, and this is what I want to uh, I want to say. I don't. Why don't we? The Sun Life, even though it's a horrible venue in terms of atmosphere right now, I think we stay there because they're putting in. I mean, the Dolphins are the ones that are putting in three hundred million dollars worth of improvements. Let's just stay there, see what it's about, make some money. They're paying us five million a year just to stay there, and maybe we can even get a little more in some sort of a renegotiation to stay there, but. That I, I don't worry about the stadium so much because I think it's going to get louder with a roof, a partial roof on it. Yeah, I but agree. I don't campus, worry. I personally don't wor- don't don't even think about the stadium because they're a long way away from having anything else. So, but I, F- I think F- the improvement in, is going to be nice. The FAU indoor practice facility puts a lot of pressure on us. I'm glad they're doing it. I'm glad they're calling us out on my in the Miami Miami Herald Herald and the Sun Sentinel. We need to get that done. But, Gary, come on. It, it is silly when there's lights on the intramural field and there's not on the football practice field. And that's nuts. I mean, that's nuts. You're absolutely right. You're right. All right. Thanks, Gary. All right, hey, thanks, Gary. All right, man. Hey, thank you for being part of the show. See you, bye. All right. Let's go out now to the uh, 917. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. What's up? DK Hurricane. 
Hey, what's up, BK? How you doing this week? I'm doing all right. Hey, and I was just kind of like listening to the um, program. But Gary, um, let me ask you a question. Um, you just basically, you know, they were saying that, uh, you know, Don Shalala, everybody, uh, this is kind of like Al Golden's first year, so to say. So it's, it's kind of like they're pressing the reset button on his career thus far in Miami. But do you think it's at the point now where it's like um, going forward? You know, I know we're, you know, I know he's going to be our coach next year. But do you think that another year of this, he'll be able to maintain his job, considering the fact that we're bringing in a new no, president? I don't think. I, I. I don't know. I mean, he. There's no way. If if they if they win six, seven, eight games next year, I. I don't think he's going to be able to keep his job. Right. I mean, like never have I seen um, a, a, a top flight university. You know, I mean, top flight meaning like a. A school like Miami, a school with history, a school that has won national championships, Miami, you know, you can name Florida State, the USC's. We're actually allowing a coach to learn on the job. I mean, we're allowing um, Al Golden to learn on the job. We're pretty yeah, much saying, that, well, okay. That's how it's turned out, no question. Yeah, you, you know, and you should be grateful for that. You know, I don't think that, point, that was. I don't think that was the mindset going into this. Like, I, I don't think that they – felt that way when they hired him, but that is how it's turned out. And, and, you know, quite honestly, that's the committee that hired him not looking deep enough. You know, if you look at the resume at Temple, there wasn't a signature victory on there. There wasn't a victory over uh, a legitimately good team on there. Um, He built his reputation by taking a program that was bottom basement and doing a phenomenal job making them respectable to where they can win nine games against average or below average teams. But they couldn't beat right. anybody. And that's, any, and that's interesting any, any that you good. do with Temple, because I think it was Jason Whitlock that mentioned it. He said yep. Temple had the largest budget in the MAC, the largest budget in the MAC to do whatever they needed to do to provide Al Golden with whatever resources that he needed, and he couldn't even get it done at Temple. I mean, he did a good job there. He brought them back to respectability, but there was nothing of any significance on the resume where you're sitting there saying he can win big at Miami. And so it has turned out to sort of be learning on the job. And he now he's had the opportunity to learn on the job, and he's not taking the lessons he learned and applying them. And that that's where I he's starting to lose me. And I've been a huge Al supporter. And, I, and I've liked right. Al... And I've been a supporter of his, and I thought he was going to be great eventually. Um, but what I'm seeing right now is the lessons that have smacked him in the head. And I thought they had already smacked him in the head a year ago. And I thought he should have made some changes a year ago, and he didn't do it. And But like I said earlier on the show, I understood why he didn't. Well, now there's no excuses. And you know the fact that you've now gone four days and you started a recruiting cycle, and there's no signs of any enhancements that are going to be made – um, n- now I'm very concerned for Al Golden and his future right. as a head football and his future as a head coach. Well, uh, anywhere right, exactly, anywhere outside I, the MAC because I think somebody in the MAC will hire him again. But you know, you know, I, I mean, I don't even think the MAC will hire him because the MAC will, you, you know, like they're not stupid. Like nobody's stupid. Everybody say, oh, you know, like he failed at the University of Miami. I mean, like horribly, horribly. I mean, it's at the point where if we would have had Randy Shannon at this stage of the game, we'd be a lot better off. Randy Shannon was never this bad. 
And at what point is Al Golden going to say, well, listen, I know I'm loyal to my friends. I know that I want to try to make this thing work at the University of Miami, but at some point you have cut and run. Like, he's no, really you know, affecting his ability to even coach ever again, to, to, to obtain a head coaching job ever again on the FBS level. I mean, probably some school, you know, you know some FCS school would hire him, but he'll never, ever get a job on the FBS level if he does not change things this year, if he doesn't show any kind of improvement this year. If, if, if next year we're not in the ACC championship game, that's a problem. And that's going to be a tall maybe, order considering the talent that we have, I mean, that we will have on that team. I mean, maybe he has a plan that he's not communicating, and maybe we're all premature and the fans going crazy is premature and everything else. That's possible. Um, Let's hope but, so. But, but if he does have a plan, he should have known to communicate it on Sunday. You don't let this storm – you know, get to Category 5 hurricane proportions the way it is right now, where all yeah. everybody in the entire city is talking about is your incompetence. You, 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 can't, oh. you can't allow that. I mean, maybe to play devil's advocate, maybe he did talk to, to D'Onofrio. And, you know, you know, like you said, their best friends and the families did sit down and say, well, listen, let's, 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 you know, let's let the cat out of the bag at the end of the bowl game that I won't be here anymore. Just, just you know, just give me that, you know? And I'm hoping that that's what it is. You know, I'm hoping that that's what it is. But if we bring back the, the exact same coaching staff without making one change, next year, 6-6 six and six is going to be uh, coach of the year. 6-6 six and six when Al goes to coach of the year next year. If we finish 6-6 six and six next year. Yeah. Nobody foresaw six and six this year, especially with once Brad Kaya got going. Nobody foresaw six and six. I mean, at the well, most, that, but that's because you know, of the last losses. two games. Everybody would have penciled in the last two games as victory and and come exactly. in at, eight, at the most four eight losses. Four. Yeah, so eight and four, and we go into a, um, a strong bowl game and maybe pull something out there. It's maybe salvage a nine-win season. But now yeah. we're, you know, I mean, with how the team looks to me. I don't think we're going to win that bowl game. Well, let's let's wait till next week. Let's see who they're playing and where, and then we'll talk about the bowl game. All right, you got anything else uh, you want to say this week? No, that's I'm all, just, Gary. I Thanks a lot. Thanks for yeah, you know, just keep me on hold. You got it. I'm just uh, trying to move the show along so we can get as many people as possible on. Let's go out to the uh, 202 now. You're live on. Hey, Gary, how you doing? This is Kwame. Hey, what's up, Kwame? How you doing this week? I'm doing uh, like every Kane fan is doing where. They're trying to hold on to his unchanging hand right now because it's not looking too good, man. Like, I heard Al Golden on Joe Rose on Monday, and um, it didn't sound like he was going to be making any changes. And I, nope. and I, I guess that's, that's troubling to me. It's very, well, it's, very it's, troubling it's, to me. It's troubling to everybody if that's the case, Kwame, and, and not because anybody has a vendetta against any of the coaches. It's just what they're doing now is not working. It, it's not working. It, it, it is grossly not working. And in no and way, shape, or form can you twist it and turn it and make a case that it is working. And, and that's the problem. You know, the definition of insanity is being played out down there in Coral Gables because we keep doing the same thing 
over and over and over again and expecting a different result. And I guess my question to you is, you know, how long do we really have to snap up, snap up some of these top flight assistants? Because as I see it, you need a new D-line coach. You need a new DB coach. I, I love Hurley Brown. But he, unless you're going to move him to defensive back, he shouldn't be coaching linebackers. He has no experience playing it's that position. Be the, if, he, if he's going to be on the staff to, to me and, and, I, and I'm a Hurley guy, I think he needs to coach the DBs. He has to coach the DBs. Coach the position that you play, okay? Don't don't. Or, I, yeah, they, he, not that just that you played that you have a coaching knowledge of. And, you know, and, that is my point. He has a coaching background in coaching DBs. What the hell was he doing coaching running backs all these years? I, I mean, well, he only no, he only he, it wasn't all these years. It was only one year. Well, <laughs> he was uh, he was on the football he was on the football operations staff. Um, he wanted to coach again and get into coaching, and Al Golden accommodated him when Terry Richardson left. And so, I mean, I say all that to say, I guess my question to you is, how long do we have uh, to actually snatch up some of these top flight assistants? And what I kind of budget that. is it, 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 I don't think any with? of that can be answered right now. A, there's no budget. B, you know, you don't know who's going to be available coaches, what coaches are going to be fired, what coaches are going to relocate, who's going to want to get off staff. You know, there, there'll be movement all the way through January and, and February. Let me so, tell you something. If, if, if Golden was a real G about it, if he, if he really wanted to win, he would have had a plan in place come Sunday morning. Well, that's okay? what I think. I think he should have had a plan. I think he should have made some, started making moves Sunday morning. What okay Sunday morning should have, it should have been a plan in place, and by today the trustee board and the AD should be having conversations about how much are we going to pay these new coaches. I mean, when it got to the point with Randy Shannon that they were going to fire Randy Shannon, um, the game ended at three thirty, and Randy Shannon was fired at five o'clock. It's like you don't let you don't let this stuff fester like this. You don't let this type of of Negative. Uh, I won't call it a cloud. I think we're all sick of the word cloud. But you know, you don't let this type of negative atmosphere um, hover over your program like this. I mean, this is just flat stupidity from the University of Miami standpoint. And it could have it all is. been. It could have all been avoided. Just have a plan and start executing it on Sunday morning. That's and he all they had. That's all they he had to do. Done that. I, and and I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm struggling I am embarrassed. I am embarrassed. We are failing in what we're trying to get done here. It's not good enough. I am going to make this better starting right now. This is what I am going to do. A, B, C, D. It's you not know, and, 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 and give the people that care that are supporting you and that want to support you a reason to feel like they're doing the right thing. Don't make them feel like fools for supporting you. And that's you know, what I feel like, Gary. I feel like an effing fool. Cause, because well, you, I, you, I mean, well, you and everybody else, because you're sitting here thinking, I'm sitting here spending my money, I'm buying tickets, I'm buying Hurricane Club memberships, I'm flying around the country to support this team, the people that do that. And 
and and for what? They what go, are you getting for it? They go six what and you, six, what and they act well. They act like there's, yeah. There's nothing wrong. I mean, there's there is something wrong. You just went six and six. He That's had the a, nerve to point out that they went from the 90th ranked defense to the 15th ranked defense in the country, and I and and, and any you can play with numbers, but when you look at the games that really really counted. When you really need to call upon your defense to get you some stops, I mean, they they gave away all of them. Steve he, has, he has no signature victories in four years, and I would just submit for the record the case. I mean, not as severe, but the case at USC when they had their bowl bans, they had their scholarship reductions, but and even with the lightning rod kicking in, that man went out and recruited and, and took players from South Florida in the Tampa area and brought them out to USC and made them shine. Okay? He had, I mean, he didn't leave the cover dry when he left USC. They had five star shots all around that field. And, well. and, and recruiting and sanctions didn't hurt them and getting top five players to come out here and play for USC. And I don't want to hear that crap from Al Golden. Listen, if you're good enough, you can speed up the process of overcoming sanctions. And let, and let me and tell you something. I'll gladly take Lane Kiffin in, in, at Miami. Well, I don't think you're going to get I'll I don't think you're ever going to get Lane. I, would, I wouldn't lose sleep on that one. I don't think you're ever getting Lane Kiffin at Miami. I, I saw that but, Bleacher uh, Report article. <laughs> yeah, another one. Bleacher Report, yeah. Like, why does anybody do, – do you guys know – who the heck writes Bleacher Report? These are these are like people who don't know anything, who just sit around and they collect headlines and, and put a little email together and set out and say, wow, we're Bleacher Report. Come click on all these links so that we can make money uh, while you're looking at the at – the, the, I mean, the, these people don't they, – they're not real reporters. I mean, they, 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 they've expanded. They've hired a few good writers. Um, for certain areas, uh, and trying to be a little bit more legitimate of a media outlet, but they're not an authority on the Miami Hurricanes. There's no reporter for Bleacher Report down here to covering the team every day. So I don't know, man. You guys are falling for too much of this BS. Just telling you. you know, yes, I we are, Gary. I oh my God, we, we, we see it every day we're on the. Screaming. It's, it's brutal, huh? That's what we're resorting to. We're resorting to hopes and dreams. Because the reality is we are not a relevant program, and we haven't been a relevant program since 2003-2004. Well, That's you know, if, if, I, if they sell you a dream, they, they might get 10,000 clicks on that link and, and make themselves $20. So, you know, it's like, that's what it's come to. People that's just throw in, they I, just throw stuff I, out I there. Let it. me throw stuff out on Twitter so I can pick up another 500 followers today. I mean, it's I, I fell for it. I, I am guilty. I, I am guilty because well, we we because see I, it every day on the message boards. It's like it's it's like all day long. It's like it, it's it's craziness. But you know, I don't think it's going away anytime soon. It's I guess it's the way of the world now. All right, hey, let me let some other people get on. You got anything else for tonight? I don't know, Gary. I, I guess I want to close with this and say, you know, what do we do from here as far as the change fans? Like, we just have to sit and wait. And, and right now you're sitting and waiting, man. They're, they're, you can't do anything else. You're sitting and waiting. Here's what I'll tell you that might give you some hope. I think Blake James is under a lot of pressure right now. I think a lot of the trustees, 
and a lot of the influential people around the university, they're understanding the decision to keep Al Golden as the football coach. But at the same time, they're also understanding that Al Golden answers to Blake James. And, and I think that the pressure is increasing on Blake James to have a sit-down conversation with Al Golden and, and try to explain all the reasons that you guys are all talking about every day, um, why it's in his best interest to consider some new ideas, bring in some fresh blood, uh, and, and, and try to just change the whole atmosphere around the program. Um, we'll see what happens. I have no predictions on it. There's no basis for any opinions. Um, but I do think that this is not a dead issue, and it's something that's going to continue through the bowl game and beyond. All right, Gary. Right, keep, keep me all old, man. You got it, man. Hey, thanks for being part of the show. Let's go out now to the 773. You are now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How you doing? Doing good. Who's this? This is Billy from Austin, Texas. I, I called you last week for the first time, and uh excited to get back on again. Um, yeah, man, I'm glad you enjoyed the experience. La- yeah, yeah, absolutely. I talked about, you know, the fear in the players and, and stuff like that, and kind of going back to the last call, um, I, you know, I read Barry Jackson's article yesterday, and, um, you know, I kind of try to block out all of the outside noises you've discussed here. Help me understand a little bit of the power structure at the university. You know, he mentioned that three out of four board of trustee members were upset. They wanted the change, which for me is, you know, over half mentioned that Donna doesn't really want to deal with it too much because she's on her way out. Are you Who sure that that's called? what he said? Because I don't know how he would have any basis for that, to, for no, for having any type of stat like that. It's not like well, they've taken you know, a vote of the trust. It's not like they've taken a vote of the trustees. He interviewed three out of he, he interviewed three you know, oh, four he board interviewed trustee members. Four, he interviewed four people and he said three of the four. Okay, well that doesn't mean that it goes that that's a stat for the entire board. But um, correct, I, all right, correct. I, I, and I'm, I understand. And that's, that's, and, and that's probably true. Yeah, that, I'm sure that's true because everybody I've and spoken that, to has certainly lined up in, uh, on that side of the table. I haven't spoken to anybody who comes in on the other side other than to say they think it's fair to give them a fifth year. Sure. But, and, but, and, but, even, but, but even the people that say that, but 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 he does need to make changes. You know, there's, there's a lot and, of the- and Well, I'm not yeah, – I don't, I don't want to get into the, the making – we've, we've beat that dead horse all night long. But who is who is actually – you know, making these decisions. I work at a university. I won't disclose, you know, which one, but the board of trustees has their say. They, the majority of them, you know, seem upset. The president, who usually has the final say, does not want to deal with the situation that puts Blake James in a, you know, in a powerless spot, if you ask me, based off of a university structure. How, with the majority of, well, again, we don't know the full majority, but you say their understanding of them wanting to retain him, who, who's understanding? I mean, how are they understanding? I guess well, is what I'm trying to get at when there's so much smoke around the program. They're, they're not stupid with how much of a disaster, you know, the, the program is. And is it the ego that they don't want to admit that they made the mistake? Are they too cheap that they don't want to buy out the contract? I mean, how, please, that's what I'm trying to get. I'm not around the program. You are. What, what well, right now it's Donna, uh, it's, it's Donna Shalala's call right now. Okay. Um, does the board of trustees have the authority to step in and dictate to Donna what it would like to see done? Um, if that were their inclination, 
Um, I would say, yeah, they 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 probably could do that, um, but they won't do that. You know, it, it, it's Donna Shalala is hired by the board of trustees to run the university. It's her call at this stage of the game, and she has decided that, in fairness to Al and, and what he and what they feel he's been through. Um, it doesn't mean they're happy with where things are today, but that they think that he deserves to come back next year. Um, and, you know, it's not a, a, a stance that can't be supported and is not sound. But the problem is developing because Al is not seeing that he's failing. And when you're failing, you better move quick and make moves to correct your problems because a year from now, they're not going to be sitting there saying, oh, geez, we've got to give him another year. They're going to be buying him out. And maybe that's okay oh. with him. You know, we don't know that. When he sits back with Mrs. Golden and, and they look at the whole situation, maybe they don't want to be here anymore. And, and maybe riding it out and, and, and eventually getting a, a $5 million buyout or $6 million, whatever it ends up being next year, that saves you four more years here that you're contracted for, that might be acceptable to them. You know, they'll they'll have enough money in the bank that it's not like they're going to be wondering where their next meal's coming from. You know, so nobody knows any of this. This is all un, uh, unknown earth. You know, no question. Yes. Yeah. So so let me go back to the Donna thing. She's on her way out the door. You know, and we all know how that goes when you know that you're leaving. Is is her leaving? You know, is that a crutch? for Al to get the fifth year because she doesn't want to deal with this, you know, at the end of her, her tenure and leave her legacy with a, a dark cloud of, you know, of, of firing the football coach that yeah, was loyal I, to the institution. I think if she were not retiring, the decision would be the same. But I think the fact that she is retiring just totally takes it off the table. Okay. Makes um, sense. No, That's it does. And, and let me go yeah. – yeah, that's that's why I'm Paul. Again, I, you are right there. I'm in I'm a different, a different state, um, and it, you know, obviously, being here in Austin, UT does things very differently than UM. Um, going back to last week, you know, like we talked about, you talked about, and I guess what I called, how uh, you had never heard a complaint from a player that didn't like playing for Al Gold. Was that correct? They, I, I've never heard a player say that themselves. No. I, I've heard okay. players complain about the assistant coaches, that, sure. but but I, but we but no, we, I, I don't think we have ever heard a player directly say I did not like my head coach. Sure. Um, so going but, back but to let me say this. Let me say let me just let me just say this though. I, that does not mean that there haven't been issues, and it doesn't mean that there haven't been times when there might have been you know t- the advisory board of players might have you know, had conversations with Al Golden about certain things and stuff like that that they felt could help him do his job better with the team in general. You know, that's why coaches have advisory committees amongst their players and stuff too, so that they have a link into the locker room and, and, and can have a pulse on the psyche of their team and stuff. It doesn't mean there weren't ever, there haven't ever been issues with players and coaches and things like that. But what I said was we have never heard a player directly say, I, I did not like Al Golden. Sure. So, and not to give away too much from you know from, from me personally, I coach a college sport here in the Austin, Texas area. I know the polls, you know the whole advisory. I have a player myself on each team that comes to me about that. My point is, is going back to what you said, there was nothing to play for after for me 
if I had lost that big of a you know a game at the end of the year, I damn well would expect my players that apparently like me as much as they do to want to win the game for two reasons. Number one, they don't want to let their head coach down, and more importantly, out of respect to the institution, what the you know what the U stands for. That's what they have to play for, if anything. And the fact that that didn't execute somewhat confirms with me it is too lax and that they don't really have that fear of losing, and it is accepted. And that starts way deeper than just the head coach. Um, And you can correct me if I'm wrong on that, but that's from somebody that has technically, I'm not a football coach, you know, a head coaching job in college, I understand the inner workings of it through and through. But you said yourself, a good coach is evaluated after a tough loss. But it could not have gotten any worse than it did after Pittsburgh and uh, in Virginia. And that tells me, yeah, the players maybe played to beat Florida State. If anything, it, what, and they, they weren't going to win the ACC. It was just to beat their boys from high school, if anything, and pride. Right. But so they, you know, well, let me kind of deviate. The guys, you know, like you said earlier in the show, they all are used to winning in high school, you know, play for championships. They haven't here. They're not stupid. I mean, these players cannot genuinely, Gary, you cannot convince me that they have completely bought into what these coaches are doing and their body language after touchdowns, you know, confirms that. They're, I mean, have you not felt it at practice or heard anything that these guys are not wanting to play the way that they're put in position right now? I don't think there's any question that that was an issue for a while. I, I think that, you know, the guys on defense especially have, have tried to come around. I, I think sometimes they've succeeded at it. Uh, sometimes they haven't. Um, but something that you just said a minute ago, I, I, I do think had some legitimacy. And, you know, you talked about the acceptance of losing. And um, I, I do think that, that this is a football team right now that has not experienced success. And, um, I do think they accept defeat and losing um, way more than the, than what they need to, and I think those last two games were perfect examples of that. Um, and I also think that you know Al has become an absolute freaking expert at reconciling defeat, and, and you know he, he's never known anything different himself. I mean, never won a championship uh, as a coach, and. Um, you know, or or anything along those lines. Uh, you know, never won more than nine games in a season. Um, most of his seasons on his coaching lever, uh, ledger have been around 500 or worse. Um, so, you know, I I don't know. I mean, you know, there's so many when a team underachieves like this. There's just so many things you can point to, um, and to me, it all leads to the same place that. You know, you you're failing. You're underachieving. You need to do something drastic to shake up the entire atmosphere within the program and the entire landscape, and give yourself a chance to come back next year and do better. And 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 you need to give the players as a group something to that they can latch onto that gives them hope that they'll that they'll get better and do better next year. Well, let me and let me kind of take the the opposite route of every every caller or every person that you see on the board here, from a, a business standpoint, maybe I'm crazy, and you can please call me if I am. I'm not as crushed maybe as everyone else that he's not making changes because if he doesn't make changes, everyone, including, 
including, I think Al knows, a year from now, he's done. I don't want him to, to get the two. We, we talked about this last week a little bit. I don't want yeah, but you, him getting two years. Are you willing to sit years. through that year? You're willing to sit through that year? You know what? For, for, with the deal that, with the leverage that Al, with the, the leverage the university has given this man, for him to say the things that he does, he clearly holds, okay? So that is confirmed. Every bit of it. When he gets, on, it. The when he, when yeah, he gets he, on the radio. Every bit of it. Well, how would talk, you feel? Yes. How would you feel if you could say to your boss, hey, fire me. You're going to have to write me a $7 million check. Well, <laughs> I mean, I, that isn't my contract. I mean, it's not $7 me? million in my contract. But the point being is, you know, I, 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 for example, I took the job late in the year. She looked at me and she says, listen, I specifically hired you because I know you can catch up where Al is just milking and milking and the school is continuing to let him get away with it. My point is... I mean, I don't think he's milking on purpose. I don't think he's milking on purpose. That wouldn't be fair at all. He's finding every excuse in the the book to continue this. Well, well, the reason he takes all the blame all the time is because he's the one with all the security. Exactly. He doesn't doesn't hold anyone accountable but himself and nothing changes because he's not forced to change. That was my kind of my point... Last week, going back to my point, though, of not of being the crazy person here, yes, Gary, with a guy that has five more years on his deal, I would gladly sacrifice one year of knowing, guarantee, not guaranteed, but the odds of him being gone completely and wiping the, the entire slate clean is a hell of a lot better than keeping this guy the root of all the problems around for two, maybe three years with fumbling assistance and continuing mediocrity. So step back next year, but to take a leap forward in the near in the near future is how I'm feeling better than kind of tippy-toeing around because, you know, maybe we have a 600, a 500 year next year, but we have the number two ranked class in the, six, in the 2016 class on paper. looks really good. Al goes in, does his sales job to, to Blake, to the board. I promise they're coming. Gets another year. We continue to suffer, and it just prolongs until that 2019 contract ends. So, you know, I don't know what your thoughts on that. That's I'm just trying to think out of, outside the box here a little bit as a Canes <laughs> fan. That's not as uh, um, I, I don't look at it like that. You know, I, I think you have you have a quarterback that deserves better. I, I think you got a lot of players on this team that deserve better. Uh, they deserve to have a chance to win next year. If you need to make some changes to give them that chance, I think you have to do it. And, and again, I I'm not going <laughs> to disagree with you completely on that. I just don't. I, there's no signs of him making the changes so it's not angry. yet and but, well yeah but, correct it's but I don't get angry and, and complain for 365 days or accept it and know you know every day we get closer to this guy being gone the odds of him oh. being gone a year from now are going to be a lot higher if he doesn't make the changes so maybe i'm trying to be optimistic in a, in a different or weird way but that's kind of where i've accepted you know kind of what what's going to happen um, no, I, I think most of you guys are going to be complaining for another 365 days. All right, hey, let me let other people get on. Thanks uh, for being part of the show. Will you please keep me on hold? You got it. Give us a call again next week. All right, let's go out now to the 361. 361. You're now live on King Sport Live. How you doing tonight? I'm all right. What's up, Gary? This is Shaq, man. What's up, Shaq, man? What you got? I hadn't called in for a while. Um, um, I'm a, just been kind of checking out the show for the last couple of weeks. I'm out to the FSU game. But I want to hit on something. It seems like, um, you know, it's been nice kind of listening to everyone's little uh, soliloquy about um, the power structure and all of these other things that, that don't even matter in regards to the situation. And you've hit on a couple of things to where I want to um, 
I'm kind of kind of I'm hit up on. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, in regards to, you keep talking about two or three points of view in regards to Al Golden, and you're talking about the AD James Blake James, and you're talking about the outgoing president Dana Shalala, and and we all know their position, and and we knew their position based on your information. We knew this information during the season. No matter what was uh, um, what transpired on the field, he was coming back. So um, I kept trying to tell everybody that, that. A lot of guys don't want to listen, but I kept trying to tell well, them well, that. Well, see, see, and that's why I'm saying what I'm saying. But I have been on King Sport, you know, the site that I love. Um, I have posted many threads, and I have vehemently denied that because he's not coming back. Al Golden will not be the coach at the University of Miami 2015. It's a guarantee. And well, what if he can't I, get another I'll agree with you if he can get another well, job. Okay, okay, okay. Well, see, let me get to the point. Okay, now, you have stated over and over again that, you know, you know this guy. You, I guess you've talked to him. You know, you, know, you say that, that, that he's nice. You know, he's a nice guy. You know, these are smart guys and things of this nature. Now, you know, I'm pretty sure that you went to college. I went to college also. And the one thing about our first, you know, experience in algebra, you know, you know, to where they tell you, you know, even in high school, you know, A squared times B squared equals C squared, you know, and everything that you do, you know, you're going to get to that point. And with Al Golden, you have stressed about everybody's position besides Al Golden's. Al Golden is a very young guy. He can fix this. He can fix it. But everybody is failing to to not understand is that it will not be fixed at the University of Miami. He is aware of this. Everybody is expecting staff changes. Not going to happen because he's not coming back. Al Golden knows he's not coming back. Al Golden, as you stated where, earlier. Where do you think he's going? Wait, wait, see, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm, 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 I'm only you're, you're, two or three more minutes. Take okay, your point. Okay, where do you I'm, think I'm, he's going? Okay, okay, well, see, 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 thing about it is that I'm not a a genie, so so I can't tell you where he's going, but I know he would not be at Miami based on the fact that he does not love the money that he's due more than his future. Okay, but Shackman, doesn't he have to get hired by somebody else? Are you are you saying he's just going to quit? It's a possibility that he's going to he, he and his agent is going to go to Miami. And be bought out and come up with and a negotiate reason. a buyout. Exactly, exactly. So because you, he knows. So it, you it, think it, he's you gonna? He, you, you think he'll say, "I'm gonna take fifty cents. I'll take fifty cents on the dollar if you let me out of my contract now." Because and he I'm has gonna, a future. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm gonna go out and be a free agent. He, he has a future. He has a future. We know this about Miami. Miami is a school. If you come there and you win, you have the world of football at your feet. You have the NFL at your feet. We have two guys who've already did that, Jimmy Johnson and Butch Davis. If you win at Miami, you can go anywhere. Al go, but at, at Miami, if you lose at Miami, your career is almost done. This is a young man we're talking about. Al Golden knows this. If you state it, he's a smart guy. He is aware, based on the law of averages, everything that's coming back, what he has on the roster, what it, what he's losing. He knows that he's not winning next year. It's no way around that. He's not winning next year, so I don't know what well, he's going to do. I don't think they're thinking like that at all. 
Of course he's thinking like that because, as you have stated, it's either one way or the other. He's a smart guy or he or he isn't a smart guy. If he's a smart guy, he knows his future. He knows his future, and his future is going to be set up very badly if he stays at Miami for another year. He's not winning at Miami. So you think that he's going to risk not winning and finish getting destroyed rather than saying, you know what, what is the best for me and my family and my friends for the future? You negotiate a buyer, or you call Kansas, or you call Colorado State, and you talk to these people. But he's not coming. I can guarantee you anything. He's not going to be the head coach of the University of Miami next year because he's a smart guy. He's damaged goods. He knows that. And he's a young guy that has a future in coaching. But if he's going to be egotistical and say, you know what, listen, it's like the same thing you said earlier. It's like a Category 5 hurricane being out in the Atlantic. And you know, or, or, or in the Gulf of Mexico, and you've been told it's coming. And then you don't wait until it's about to make landfall and say, oh, my God, it's a Category 5 storm. We're in trouble. Al Golden has done everything. If you look at his actions, as you stated earlier, he's done everything. It's like solving for X. You know, it's like a world problem. I'll give you the beginning and I'll give you the end, but solve for X and get me the answer. The answer is he knows he's not coming back. He's set up everything. He, he's given you all the information that you need. You've even stated, I listened to the whole show, you said, well, he's doing things that are not just justifiable. He, he's doing things that I can't believe he's doing. Well, based on your logic, based on what you're saying, based on the reality and the fact of what you're saying, he's given you all the information. You just have to solve for X. And solving for X is he's not coming back. He's giving you all the information based on his behavior, based on how he's acting. People are saying, well, you know, he was on the Joe Rose or whatever, and, 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 and they're talking about things that it's not really a lot of substance there. And, and, and they're being, oh, you know, he said this, his demeanor, what he said, blah, 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 whatever. That's all the waste of time. He's giving you every indicator. If you look at all the things that he's giving you and you saw for X, based on what he's given us, all right, Shaq, let me, let, let me stop you. I, I think everybody gets it now. If you end up being right about this, we'll we'll anoint you the genius. I you know, I don't know <laughs> if I see Al Golden and his agent coming to UM and saying, Hey, you know, let's negotiate a buyout we want out of here. Um I don't know if I see that happening. Um but you know, maybe <laughs> you know, it's, it's crazier things I guess. Well, that well, happens, well see so. well see 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 now, see, see, think about it, Gary, that that's not far-fetched based on the situation. I understand if it was just like out of clear blue sky, if this guy had won, you know, nine games or whatever. If I said this, it would be ludicrous. Look at the situation. It, it, it's like take the emotions out of it. Take your feelings out of it. Look at the actual facts. Fact is, it's either A or B. It's nothing else. You know, it, it doesn't matter what you think or I think. Look at the facts. He is in a situation to where it's either A or B. Someone hires you away or you do the smart thing and you get with the university and you come up with something and say, you know what, we can put it out there this way and we can negotiate this buyout and we can give him any headline that we want, you know, Al Golden Leaf or blah, 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 whatever. But this guy knows that if he's come back to Miami next year, it is career Suicide. It's going to get worse. You, you know what? You know what? Uh, when you put it in those terms, you know, you make more sense. I mean, he he might be better off being a free agent, sitting out a year, being a free agent, and coming back exactly. and trying to get a job 
than he would be exactly. if he gets fired after next year. All right, hey, exactly. let me let you go. Um, great, okay. great theory you've come up with. Um, time will tell. But I promise you, if you end up being right, you will get your just due on this show. Thanks for calling okay. the show as always. All right, Gary. All right. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Yep. All right, we got um, got about 10 minutes of show left. Let's uh, get as many calls in as we can. Let's go to the uh, 770. We're now live on King Sport Live. Hello? Yes, sir. That's you. Hey, Gary. What's going on, man? Royal. Hey, what's up, Royal? What you got? Oh, nothing much, man. I just want to touch on a couple of things. As, uh, I agree with everybody, and I got to give it to you, Gary. I'm, I'm proud of you. You've come full circle. You waited to the end of the season, but that's, that's fine. <laughs> well, but, uh, you, you have to evaluate the entire body of work. I mean, you know, I don't get yeah. all... I mean, you're you know, making you know, me you mad, but yeah. Well, Royal, you can't react week to week. It's, uh, you got to evaluate the whole thing all at one time. You you know, you evaluate this whole thing at one time now, and it, it stinks a little bit. I mean, that was a bad season. I mean, there is no way you could sugarcoat yeah. that season from day one, from yeah. the Louisville game yeah. to the Pittsburgh game. That was a bad season. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Well, I want to touch on a couple of things of, uh, once again, of why I don't like Al Golden. And uh, he's not a great CEO, as as you say, by no means. Uh I want I, I, a couple of things I want to touch on in uh, the uh, special teams. Now, he coaches the special teams directly himself. Enough said. Yeah, okay, and uh, the way he coaches uh, – the, the, Yeah, he needs to hire a, a real special teams coach because we get nothing out of our special teams. And speaking of special teams, as I look at college football, I'm up here in Atlanta. I watch a lot of Georgia Bulldogs. And I'm watching this kid, McKenzie, kid from American Heritage, went to school with Sony. We went off the kid, too small. I watched this kid run back three touchdowns in the SEC. And I'm watching Stacey Coley can barely get 10 yards on a punt return or a kickoff, never get benched. You look at the kid, body language, his head is low, he has no swagger. No baller, no, 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 like a Miami baller at all. A Miami player, all he, a man has a swagger about him. When he walks, that's what attracts a woman to a man. His walk. A man has a swagger about him. He got his head up. You look at Stacy Coley. You look at Artie Burns. Some kids they walk around with their head down, and you look at they. Al Golding can inspire them kids. You look at Santana Moss, Sonoris Moss, guys like that. I don't know what what David used to say to them guys, but they had that it. He put it in them. And I don't know why. And, and another thing, okay, this this thing where number six, I can't think of my guy's name right there. He got hurt, uh, the receiver. He can't get on the field because you don't like the way he practices, but every time you throw him the ball, he makes plays. Herb Waters, That's yeah. Yeah. There was something wrong there the whole year. Yeah, yeah, that, that's contradictory. And the kids, they see that too. Yeah, the I don't players, know what. They see, no, they see there all was of that. Wrong there, all, going all the way back to the Louisville game. Remember how he came in right. in the fourth quarter and he ended up the leading receiver at Louisville? Caught exactly. five or six. Caught five or six. But he can't, you, you don't like the way he practiced. Quarter. Right, yeah, you don't, don't like the way he practiced, but every time he, come on, man. See that? That's a little. The, the, you know, you playing them little games with kids' heads and all that. All them, they, they, them kids pick up on that stuff. 
and, and another thing, the 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 the, the, the misvaluation of uh, your recruiting and taking chances. The Sony of Dogwood. If you remember, Gary, I called you and you had Shodell on right before the season. I talked to you guys about the depth chart, and I was like, "Is Sony of Dogwood's second team? That means if somebody get hurt, he goes in and left a right tackle." And you, you guys was like, "I'm gonna look into that." He had that kid on special teams, and the bonehead play that he made on number eighty on the sideline against Florida State that cost us another fifteen yards. That kid ain't got no business on the field. That kid has no business with a scholarship in year four of your era. I'm just pointing all this out. Al Golden, he the guy don't know what he's doing, man. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's way in over his head. He's stubborn. He don't care. He's going to do it his way. He got leverage with that contract. And another thing, when he tried to take that job at Penn State, with all that nastiness they had going on up up there, man, we don't know we owe him nothing. They molesting kids up there, everybody covering it up. Oh, come on. Don't he want to go back there. Without Golden. Come on, now you're getting out of control. Huh? The, mo- no, the molestation thing has nothing to do with that. Yeah, he, he wanted, wanted to go. He wanted to go back up there and be a part of that. And I'm sure he wants to go somewhere right now. Do you blame him? I mean, it, it's, it's a nightmare right now. Well, do I blame him? Hey, man, he couldn't get the job done at Miami. I mean, he the one talked about how great the job was. I mean, the guy's garbage. He, he, he you know, he, he, right, well, according, he was groomed according, right. According to Shaq, man, he's getting ready to walk in and beg out, so we'll see what happens. All right, let me, hey, no, let no, me he let not going to do that. He's too arrogant for that. He's not going to do hey, that. Hey, let me let me let you go. I got There's this Kaniac guy that's been carrying on all day on the message board. I got to get him on the show. So let, uh, right, let me let you go. Now. I want to listen. Yeah, I, I want to listen, too. I can't wait to hear this. So let me uh, let you go. and Give us a call again next week. And uh, let me go here. i got to find the Kaniac. I think this is him. Let's go out to the 256. You're now live on Kane Support Live. This two, you got me, Gary? I got you. Is this Kaniac? All right. This is Kaniac. Okay, right, man. my hey, God. You got the last Let's get down with it. it. Okay. Hey, man, this, this better be good, man. It better be all good. All right, now, it's coaching, coaching, coaching. We all know this, and it can go back to last year. From when he started the year off with the announcements, he wasn't making any changes, all right? So we already knew that it was coaching then, and I'm the type of guy that, you know, you don't let them hang in there like a loose tooth. Hey, if do me a favor. Time out. Done, time out. Time out. Hey, hey, time out. Do me a favor. Turn your sound down in the background so we, we don't have to hear you twice. What, on the um, computer? On the computer. On the computer, yeah. Okay. Turn your sound down. I know this is going to be really good, but we don't, we don't want to hear it twice. Okay, all right. But all right. anyway, and if uh-huh. you'll recall, at the beginning of the season, I said that he should have been yanked after the Nebraska game because from what we had already seen was nothing different. It would have already been out there that he was fired. Our commits would have known the kids that we were recruiting would have known would have been plenty of time with a bye week to have gotten another coach in here or at least somebody like us take it over, let them kids play their hearts out the rest of the year because how much worse could we have done, okay, with Al and his flunky gone? I mean, tell me, how much worse could we have actually have done? Because keeping him, 
it didn't get no better. We had a three-week run that looked good. The FSU game should have been a win, but these coaches have shown they cannot coach on the fly. They will not get away from their game plans come hell or high water. It don't matter if they have two running backs that runs all over us for 300 yards a game. Coach D is not going to get away from his game plan, weekly game plan, no matter what. They talk about changes being made at halftime. Well, you got to be able to make changes during the game, not just halftime. Okay? Changes made in that second half where, I mean, we allowed and, – and, and um, Winston was as gimpy in that game as he had been the whole year, and we still could not make him do enough to win that game. I mean, for our defense to not do enough to win that game, okay? So, like I said, I'm, I believe they should have been yanked after the Nebraska game. It would have already been out. We would have probably had another coach in here by now, a name coach, because the money they pay out, you know that there's – coaches around right now I'm talking about named proven coaches with that money they pay him would take that paycheck could surround themselves with somebody that is confident enough that can walk into a house and close some of these top kids and I'm talking especially in the backyard so many of these kids in the backyard have been let go because so much diversity on this staff they just don't even know how to deal with the Miami kids. And that has became clear. Yeah, we've gotten a few, one or two here or there. But, I mean, they, I heard Mario's name brought up earlier, that how, how much of an awesome recruiter he is. The dude is at Bama, okay? How, how can you not be an awesome recruiter at Bama? He's still the best recruiter on the staff. I mean, on the Bama staff? Yeah, it, it, it's hard not to They're be. They're calling him the best recruiter in the SEC now. Well, I mean, you got to give the guys just, credit. You, I mean, you still got to go out and, and win. They just got Lane Kiffin this year, right? Yeah. Now look at what he's recruited on the offensive side since he's been there. They had a rough start, but look at what he's done. Uh, probably the last six games of the year with Lane Kiffin as the offensive coordinator after he got Blake Sims rolling. Okay. Now look at what he's picked up himself. So they can't say it's Mario um, out there Mario's just doing, doing it all. Mario's doing a great job up there, a great job. He's recruited yeah, I mean, elite yeah, he's doing a good line. job. They're, no doubt about the best it. offensive line in the country the next few years. Um, he's done everything they brought him up there to do. But do you think if he was here that he would have recruited the same way? I think he Again, might have gotten some Bama. of them. I don't know if he would have gotten them all, but I think he would have gotten some of them. I, I believe we would have kept more home kids than I think what we lost. On Ridley and Burgess Becker. I, that's what I'm saying. I believe we would have been able to keep or go after more home kids than what we have lost. I don't think that we would have the commits that we have had on, on the defensive side that have decommitted right there at the end. I think he could have probably helped save them. But, it, you, I mean, on that Joe Rose show the other day when Al announced or was trying to make the case about our 15 defense, okay, you take 
them uh, six losses and put them in there and them numbers, just them and tell me we got a 15 defense. There's no way he could make that case to anybody sane that knows the game that we have a top 15 defense and them six losses. Okay? And the six wins, that's um, probably give us the numbers that uh, might. But in them, and you talk about them last two games where the losses really didn't matter, that they wasn't that important. I don't agree. Them last two wins would have, I mean, because I think, I mean, like I said, Al's got to go. I mean, this staff has got to go. Jethro Franklin, you know, he was a known um coach and supposed to have been a known recruiter himself has not done one thing here since he's been here as far as development or recruiting okay you got aqm that was kicked off the team for the year because he slapped the kid in the face you go all the way back to any of the coaches in the 80s not any team that we've had here and tell me we ain't had kids that slapped a dude across the face, a teammate, and was kicked off the team for the year, especially one that we know that was going to help the well, team. Well, you gotta you got to be in school to be on the team. They kicked them out of school. <coughs> yeah, I understand it's that. A, but, it, I mean, bigger. if you're Al, you go to bat. You get something done about that. Al went that. to bat. They got him about eight appeals. He lost them. Um, he, he went to bat that many times for Alquan to keep him on the team? Correct. He had about eight appeals and, 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 and just couldn't win them. Uh, well, that wasn't, I feel bad. Yeah, that wasn't put out there like I, gave, that. I gave you about seven minutes, but we got to go. Well, so, you, so, I mean. So, so, so take us home, man. What you got? Give us a parting thought. Well, I mean, there's just so much to, you know, discuss. But the bottom line is, um, you know, this AD, you know, Ed Course, he's got a job that he has to keep out there in Nebraska, people saying that they hope that he would be our savior and take out off our hands. Well, he knows better because if he does, that's putting his job on the line because he knows what he would be getting with Al. He knows what he's bringing out there, so that's not going to happen. People who think Al's going to Nebraska, that ain't happening. Of course, fired that guy. Uh, right off the bat, just like Al should have been done after the game, you made that case for Randy Shannon. Uh, we lost the game at 3 o'clock. He was fired at 5 o'clock. Same thing should have been with Al. Right now, we would be in search of a new coach. And in my opinion, Ice Harris could coach this team for the bowl game. They play their hearts out for him. We win that bowl game, and we roll into National Signing Day with all that momentum. That's why them last two games would have been that important. So, you know, there's a lot more that I wanted to get in, but um, I'm going to leave you with that, that, you know, just the bottom line, that this staff has got to go, or next year we will just stumble through another year, week after week, with hope. Because in these five-star homes out in California, trying to close them, which is something good, but if we, I mean, if we were winning, it'd be a different story. We should be trying to get guys closer to home that are in the yard that can play here 
that we stand a lot better shot to close. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, sir. All right, Kaniac, thank you so much for closing the show for us. Um, All right, Kenny. Well, I'll give give you a holler next week, and maybe we can get in more. You do that. Thank you. Okay, thank you a lot. All right, I want to thank everybody that's part of the show tonight. A lot of great points made. Um, We'll come back in our regular slot, talk a little bit about the bowl game, see who the Hurricanes get slotted to play, and uh, see if there's any updates, of course, on uh, Al Golden's plans for himself and for the Canes football program. So on that note, I'm going to let Mary J. take us home. Good night, everybody. Why would I spend the rest of this year alone? When I can go therapy, when I can go therapy, when I can go therapy two times a day. Ah, the heck with that. New song. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.